devil in the detail. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson and we're looking forward to the Super League season of 2017 starting this week for Salford Red Devils. Join us on the show this week as ever we've got Paul Whiteside, right Paul? Hiya Rob, you alright mate? Not long till the season starts, so exciting. Very excited, mate. Very excited. Can't wait for, for Saturday now. It's been a long time coming, hasn't it? These, these friendlies have whetted the appetite, but you know I'm ready for, for Saturday now. Can't wait, mate. Yeah, we're so excited here at Devil in the Detail. It's going to be a, a fantastic season, hopefully for Salford Red Devils. And also joining us on the show, we've got Dan Robinson, right, Dan? Good evening, Rob. Good evening, Paul. Yeah, not long till the season starts. We're all really excited. And, you know, it's it's really, you know, waiting for this moment for all winter. It's uh, It's come along, hasn't it, quick? Oh, it certainly has, but you know, if I'm honest, not quick enough. I think we're, you know, everybody's ready for the uh, the season to start. Everyone's ready for for what's going to come on on Saturday, and hopefully, we can kick off with two points. Yeah, and also joining us on the show, we've got Andy Riley from Keys News. Sorry, first time on the podcast. Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah always good. good. Always good to hear other opinions, and especially as although I cover Salford, I'm a Hull KR fan. Oh, so I suppose the million pound game for you was a bit of an. Sort of a, a double-edged sword there, obviously covering Salford, you have the joy and then the OKR, the, the defeat. I bet that was a bit of an emotional moment for you, really. It was, yeah. I was. Uh, I can honestly say that I shed a tear on the way home. We, we did as well, but for totally different reasons. Um, <laughs> what, so what, what's on the show this week, Paul? Yeah, this week we've got an interview that Andy's done with Michael Dobson and Marwan Kukash. We've also got an interview with Lama Tazi looking towards the Wigan game. We've got the amateur report, we've got the news, we've got the preview of the Wigan game and we've also got a re- review of the friendly against Hull. Cool, so what we'll do, we'll uh, start with all the big news coming out of Salford Red Devils this week. So, the big news... Uh, on Twitter recently, Gaz Carter has tweeted uh, that we're club are expecting a decision on the Todd Carney situation uh, tomorrow. Andy Riley, you know it's it's um, you know looking forward to seeing him in a red shirt. He's going to bring a lot in it to the to the club. I think he will. His time at, at Catalan has been interspersed with some really really good performances. I just think that at Salford. And getting him into a settled side, if we can see the best out of him, he's, he's not the player he was four or five years ago, but I still think he can be a game changer for the Devils. Yeah, I think obviously fitting him in, Paul, uh, with Dobson and Rob Louis, it's a, kind of a conundrum that Ian Watson's going to have to come up with and, and quick if he's on his way. Yeah, but it's a good conundrum, Rob, I suppose, isn't it? You know, you, we've said it before, haven't we? Competition for places and things like that. What you don't want is a squad going stale and players, you know, thinking I've not got to work hard because I'll be on that team sheet every week. So if it puts good pressure onto to Robert Louis and, you know, makes him perform to the best of his ability, because we have been saying about him during the pre season, haven't we, and towards the back end of the last season that, you know, he was struggling for form, is he carrying an injury and things like that. So. You know, anything to strengthen a squad, I think, is good. And as long as Todd Carney's coming here for the right reasons and he's going to be switched on, well, that's that's all well and good. And that's what, what we're hoping for. Yeah, he's a big name as well, Dan. And, you know, if Salford are going to try and attract new fans in into us, we're going to have to pick up these big names. And, you know, he is a big name in rugby league, Todd Carney. Yeah, he is. You know, got a reputation over in the NRL. He's come over here for the Castle and Dragons. And he has, he has led them quite well for the, you know, the time he was there. You know, you've got to be having these competitions for places, as Paul said. You know, I think... With those three, including youngster Josh Wood, I think you've got you know a fantastic building structure there for for four halfbacks to compete for two spots. I mean, you know, I, I think we struggled 
last year when when Louis was injured and then when Dobbo was injured, you know, there was not a lot of people that could step up. It was a bit of a chopping and changing once it was sometimes sticking Gaz O'Brien at half back and, and evolved back to full back. But I think, you know, with the four of them, if we can sort of rotate and switch as and need when required, you're going to have four halfbacks there that are going to constantly be in, in position for competition. So, you know, it's, it's going to be, it can only be good for us, can't it? Yeah, I was really looking forward to him putting on that red shirt. And, you know, obviously, is a game changing kind of player, Andy. And, you know, that's what you want, you know, at your club. You want to be able to have players on the field that can, you know, make a big difference in big games. Well, that's it. He, he can step up and make a difference in a game. He, he is capable of, of having that moment of magic that will unlock a defence or outpace somebody. And with the other players that Ian Watson's got to choose from in that squad, I honestly, I've got, I've got Salford finishing fifth this season. Yeah, we're going to be talking about that later on in, in the show, Andy. It's a, it's a big, big call and you can obviously explain, you know, your reasonings behind that. Uh, later on, uh, Paul. Obviously, Andy's there talking about Todd Carner, and it's it's interesting, like you say, with Ian Watson, he's going to have to make a decision on where to, to play him. But you know, it's exciting for us fans, and it's you know exciting that you know the club's been out and about in the city, Andy, this week uh, promoting the game against Wigan, and, and that's what us fans want to see him out and about promoting and hopefully gaining more fans. Yeah, they certainly have, from what I've been reading into it. Yeah, they've been in Stratford the other day, wasn't it? And it seemed like there was a lot of interest there as well. And, you know, that's not a billion miles from Salford. So, you know, there seems to be a bit of a buzz this week. And that's good. I mean, we look at the game we've got on Saturday. It's like a proper... I mean, it doesn't get any bigger than this, does it? As we've been saying, playing the champions at home, quarter past one kickoff. We're hoping for a decent day weather-wise. Wigan sold out their allocation. So, it all points to be a really exciting day, doesn't it? And if we can get as many Salford supporters down there as, as we possibly can, it'll all add to the atmosphere of what should be a fantastic day. Yeah, they've been in the schools, Dan. They've been in uh, Tesco. They've been in Lowered. They've been in like, iconic places around the city. And, you know, that's that's a good thing. You know, obviously, we're going to have to go and attract these these potential fans. They're going to have to put themselves in the picture, aren't they? And hopefully, you know, all that hard work's going to pay off on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, hopefully. You know, I, I am expecting a big crowd. Like Paul said, you know, we're going to sold their allocation. Speaking to, um, you know, the club, apparently season ticket sales have been on the up since, uh, sorry Andy, but since the million pound game. Um, <laughs> but yes, you know, I think uh, everything is moving in the right direction off the field as well as on the field. You know, that's one thing that over last season that was on the podcast, we spoke about quite a lot about, you know, the off-field things not really going too well. But, you know, since Bleasy's come on board, everything seems to be be running a bit more smoothly now and you know at the end of the day it's about bums on seats and you know the team will do what they can on the field as long as his bums on seats there you know making the club more stable financially then you know it's only going to be a positive to get more people involved in the club I suppose Andy if, if the club are, if the club are winning every week you know it's easier to attract uh, you know fans because they're going to be seeing it aren't they on, on the TV and the radio obviously in solving situation for the last, last couple of years they not had that ability to, to win every week so it's been a bit difficult and it to attract fans but you know what what would you think looking at as a, as a you know like a journalist what would you be looking at you know away Salford are going to try and attract these fans what would you hope they'd be up to your know, game more fans when I last spoke to Ian Blees they sold 1800 season tickets uh, that was what two weeks ago and he was hoping that the arrival of Todd would throw another couple of hundred on there but they're ahead of where they were last year and provided the season ticket holders turn in week in and week out, and the club can avoid clashes with football teams where possible, then I don't see any reason why there shouldn't be four or five thousand plus crowds there every week. You know, I mean, look at the start of the season, they've got one game in February, 
and then two away. It's hardly a way to build a fan base. Yeah, I know what you mean, Andy. The, the fixes haven't really been kind to us at the beginning, uh, especially for home games. But, you know, you're hoping that, you know, we can build on, you know, the early, well, the success of, of last year's million pound game and also, you know, the club uh, getting voted the best value season ticket for £199 in the West Stand, Paul. You know, it, it, that, things like this, that's what, you know, fans want. They want to be able to, to watch Top Rugby League uh, a good price. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, but like the, the main thing is, Rob. I mean, you can do all the, the campaigning and all sorts of things that you want to get bums on seats. You can sign Todd Carney, you can sign Mal Meninga, but you've got to win matches, Rob. That's the top and bottom of it. We've got to start winning games and to cut to the chase. Really, we need to beat Wigan on Saturday. It's no, it's no use going close and you know losing by four points, three points like we did last season. We've got to start winning these games and doing the business. And we did to, to a certain extent last season. We won quite a lot of home games, and I think that's where if we're going to make that step to the top eight, we've got to make solve. For AJ Bella Fortress this season and, and win matches, and I think that's the most important thing for me. Yeah, and obviously the uh, the Junior Devils are going great guns as well, Dan. Uh, they've got the uh, the tickets out. Uh, the club are advertising, you know, to the Junior Devils to get the pick up the free ticket um, for Saturday, and it's great that the club are kind of embracing the next generation of fans, and hopefully that will grow our fan base, you know, in the next few years. And yeah, yeah, it is, and you know, having the, the Junior Devils back on board that reminds me of when I was a youngster. Of going, you know, getting involved in the club in, in in that sort of aspect and bringing that on board has been a massive plus. You know, a lot of uh, families have enjoyed bringing the kids back in involved with the club. So you know, it's, it can only improve us, can't it, as a as a whole? Yeah, obviously, it's just a matter of, of them obviously claiming uh, the ticket by contacting the club. And you know, I'm hoping that I'm still get a big crowd on on Saturday. But it's like Paul said, it's important that you know we come away with with a win or a, at least a big performance, uh, Andy. You know, to, to obviously inspire these people to come back? Yeah, I think the plus for Salford going into this game on Saturday is that as professional as they all are, we're going to have got a very big World Club Challenge game the week after. And I'm just wondering if that is a bit of a distraction, perhaps, for the, the Cherry and Whites. You'd like to think as professional sportsmen it won't be, but I think for Salford there's no better opening game. Well, plus, um... You know, our uh, recent record against Wigan, you know, we, we've beat them in big games before, haven't we, Paul? Like the Challenge Cup years ago, and we beat them a couple of seasons ago at home. And, you know, I suppose becoming this game at the beginning of this season, it's a big game, isn't it? And, you know, hopefully the players will rise to it. Wigan won't be totally cut because they'll be looking to the to the, the, the game against the Australian side in a couple of weeks' time. And it could be our opportunity to, you know, put a mark out, isn't it? Yeah, certainly. And, and Robert, it'll be 21 years to the day on Saturday since that, that cup game the 11th of February so I mean what Omens sometimes work in sport don't they so that, that's what I'm clinging on to for this, this Saturday as well but but yeah we give Wigan some belting games over the years it was always one of the games we, you look for you know when the fixtures come out the, the Wigan home game and we have done we've turned them over and we've turned Better Wigan sides than they've got now over, and um, and yeah, I think I think they're beatable. I think I think they are. They showed the vulnerability last season a few times, Wigan, but they're one of those sides to me that will grind you down sometimes. You've got to hang in there, and, and they did that to us in the home game and the away game last season. There were games that we could have won, probably both of them. Um, the, the away game at Wigan, um, I remember saying, seeing Dan at that game, and we how good to be we at the end of that, not to, to come away there with the, the two points. So um, I think if we can hang in there and stay in that game, we can we can win on on Saturday. Yeah, and obviously. You know, one of the things that the club have uh, advertised for the game against Wigan on Saturday is the ultimate fans match day experience, Dan. Steve Kerry uh, is there as a guest and uh, you can go and obviously meet him. Uh, pre-match drinks, exclusive interviews, analysis of the game, uh, nice seating in the West Stand. You can watch the Man of the Match presentation, uh, all for £40. Uh, Dan, you know, it's, it's a good deal, that, really. It is, Joe, yeah, and it's, it's nice that the club are getting, you know, the... the 
old players link back. You know, I remember when we against Wigan a couple of seasons ago, we had the you know the, the devil in the detail uh, reunion. You know, where we brought the likes of Paul Farber, Mark Lee, Darren Rogers, Nathan McAvoy. You know, people of that that team, and you know, to have them back, the buzz that we created that day at the stadium with everyone wanting to know the stories and you know wanting to know how the players were getting on it, it was brilliant. And you know, to do that again. You know, bringing Steve back, I think it's, it's a great move. I know for the uh, the whole game, we had Keith Fielding that was in and about the fans. Uh, you know, the fans by was saying hello to everybody. He was upstairs, and you know, it was good for the supporters that were supporters for quite a while. You know, it was good for them to do a bit of a catch up with an old player and for for them to be back part of the club. And I think if it if it's you know the step in the right direction where the club are going, you know, bringing players back and you know it's it, it's it's really good move by the club and you know. It's good, especially for someone like, you know, us Salford fans that have watched them for a number of years, you know, to see these players that we, when we were young nippers, um, you know, playing, it's good to have them back and, you know, getting them back in the club because they're only going to speak highly of the club, aren't they? And that's yeah. what we want. Well, like I say, the hospitality, Andy, you know, it is first class at Salford at the AJ Bell Stadium and, you know, for 40 quid, that's a, it's a great value for, for any fans who fancy going up for a treat. Oh, yeah, certainly. I don't get to see much of it from the press box. We yeah. normally get some dodgy curled-up sandwiches and some tepid tea and coffee. That's about it. <laughs> um, but I've got friends who've been up there, and they've said that the food is absolutely first-class. Service is great. You know, I might treat the uh, might treat the wife one weekend and send her up there. Yeah, like I say, I think it's really good. I think, obviously, the club coming up with big ideas like that, Paul, you know, that's what I want to see. You know, obviously, you want to attract the new fans. And for me, you know, it's a good idea. Yeah, it sounds good. And, uh, you know, we, we all remember Steve Kerry, don't we, from the, the early 90s in the Premiership against Halifax. So he was one of my, my first early favourites. So, so yeah, it's great. And like Dan was saying there, Keith Fielding coming back. I mean, it's tremendous to see all these old players. You know, Mike Coombe was at the Rochdale game as well. All legends and that. And I think it's all positive stuff. And if we can get a few few more of them down this season, uh, you know, let, let's get people to know that they're coming as well, you know, some of these big names. And I think it'll help, you know, build the atmosphere and, you know, build the feel-good factor of the club and get the support, smile back in the supporters' faces. Yeah, so if you're interested in that one, uh, you can contact andrew.bentham at sulfurreddevils.net or you can ring him on 0161 786 Tickets available for the Huddersfield game as well, Dan, on Thursday. You know, it's probably ideal game on Saturday. Go down, get your ticket early. Uh, obviously, that way, club get a bit of revenue as well. And, you know, we might get a big following up at Huddersfield. Yeah, we should do. And, and not just that, I think the um, Rugby League have mentioned about, the, you know, the free away travel again for teams on a Thursday night. You know, whether that's that's still going or not. I think they mentioned it at the, the opening day where they're still offering free travel to supporters of the away side on the Thursday night. So if people can get involved in that, you know, you're not going to have to pay for your travel to get there, you know, just sort of pay for a match ticket, you know, and it's it's going to be a really good game that I think. I think, you know, if I'm being honest, I think Huddersfield might struggle this season to the signings that they've, you know, made and the signings that they've lost. But, you know, I think, yeah, it'll be a good game and it'll, you'll see a massive push for the tickets depending on the result on Saturday. I think if we do beat Wigan on Saturday, which I think we will, we're more than capable of doing it. I think you'll get a few people going, oh, do you know what? Free travel, go up to uh, Huddersfield, go and watch the game. Yeah, go on, I'll have a bit of that. And they'll, they'll purchase tickets, which, you know, if we can get a massive following, which we did last season in the away game there when we, uh, we you know, we, we won it. You know, then then fantastic. Get as many, you know, self supporters in that away end as we can. So that was the news for this week. And what we'll do now is talk about the uh, victory against Hull last week. You're 
So, Salford's final pre-season game against Hull FC. Victorious, 18 points to six, Paul. Great result uh, and really good good game. Yeah, yeah, it was a good result. Yeah, we play, I thought we played well against Hull, especially um, with the changes that we made. And it's like the last sort of 20, 25 minutes. There's a lot of young lads out there. And they did, I thought they did really well against what was a, a full strength whole side, really. I mean, you don't know whether Hull was, was holding a bit back with it only being a friendly, but I'd like to think that, you know, they, they was putting the effort in and, you know, we, we defended well. That was the good thing for me. I thought we defended really well and we managed the game well. And, um, yeah, it was very pleasing, very pleasing to see those young young kids and didn't look out of the depth. They all sort of did the job. Michael Dobson was fantastic, I thought, you know, led us around the pitch and um, it was very heartening, really, I thought, to get that result. Cool. Remind us what the, what the team was. Yeah, the team, Salford's team, was quite a big one. We had more subs than we had players, but uh, it was started with Gareth O'Brien at full-back, Justin Carney, Junior Saunaya Levels and Greg Johnson. Half-backs were Rob Lewitt and Michael Dobson. The pack was Craig Copjack, Josh Wood at Hooker, Lee Mossett, Wella Haraki, Jordan Wall and Mark Flanagan at loose forward. On the bench was George Griffin, Lama Tazi, Ryan Lannan, Olsey Krasniki, Adam Warren, Chris Brining, Chris Wellham, Jake Bibby, Matt Wilkinson, Daniel Murray, Liam Bent and the two lads who were on dual red from Halifax with Chester Butler and Conor McGrath. I think, Dan, it's pretty good in obviously pre-season games like this, the whole squad get a run out. It gives uh, Ian Watson an idea, you know, what he's got as, for his disposal at the, uh, in 2017. Yeah, it did now. You know, I like what Paul said about the youngsters. They didn't look out of place when they come on. You know, they did really well. And to be fair, it was against a full strength whole team. You know, people said, oh, it's only a pre-season game. But that was them at their full strength, you know, and it was their last hit out before obviously their campaign starts. So they were looking for a good performance. And, you know, I think we completely outplayed them from... You know, right, right off the park, you know, from, from the, the word go, really. You know, Dobson's kicking game was brilliant. He's attacking the line. Yeah, young Brian in at hooker. Didn't see him out of place. He looked like he'd been playing, you know, Super League for a number of seasons. He was, you know, he really keen to go forward, which is, you know, can only benefit having him on board. And, yeah, you know, I was very, very impressed with the, the whole squad and the whole performance. Yeah, full SC Cup winners, Andy. And, you know, Salford put up a really good battle against them. And, you know, looking at the game... Is it like Salford's performance sort of put Hull under a lot of pressure or do you think Hull are just a little bit undercooked? What do you reckon? Uh, well, post-match, Lee Radford was uh, quietly fuming right. at uh, the way his players turned up for the game. He said it's, there's a lot of lads out there now that their, their place is up for discussion because he felt for 25 minutes they were, training it, they were treating it like a training run. And he was full of praise for the way Salford came out the blocks and absolutely blew his lads off the bar. I think it's important, obviously, putting a message out, obviously beating Hull in a friendly. People are going to read that in the papers and, you know, we think, you know, this team could be going places. Uh, and it was a really good result. Like you said, the young players, you know, they stood out as well. And, you know, that's what you want. You want a team there to, for fight, to fight for each other and, and you know, you know, 2017 could be a could be a big season for us. Yeah, yeah, and I think it. Um, th the one thing that I thought that we the players gained from that was was confidence. I mean, how good is that going to be for young? You know, the likes of uh, Daniel Murray there, Chris Browning, the young lads that came in as well. You know, Liam Bent, and you know the the youngsters aren't they really? They've not got loads of experience, and that experience could stand them in good stead. You played a really strong. And you know what Hull are like, they're a very physical side, they play the game much like Wigan, very tough in the pack, big pack as well, aren't they? I mean, you go back to the first game of last season when we went to Hull there and I remember thinking after that game how big they were and, and how they, they sort of bullied us and they didn't in that friendly, if anything, it was, it was bullying them. So, yeah, I, I was really heartened to it and, you know, for the for the fans that turned up there, I mean, that's what you want to see, a winning side, don't you? And we didn't disappoint in that, in that game at all, I thought we played really well. 
And, um, you know, we could have had a few more tries. Well, I thought we bombed a few chances as well, but it was very heartening. And I think it's a, a good confidence to take into the Wigan game. Yeah, it's all for the scoring, Dan, through uh, Junius. How good work by O'Brien and Dobson. You know, and if, if they continue that kind of work up, you know, through the season, Sal's going to score a few tries next se this season. Yeah, it wasn't. It was, it was a good flea throwing try, you know, the, the way they went through. Uh, you know, from from Dawson, it was a bit like the um, the magic flick by Josh Griffin. You know, it sort of went to that side. One player running through the back, O'Brien around the back, and then just a nice easy ball to uh, to Salta score in the corner. But you know, we looked we looked good going forward. The attack is what's been improving over the past few seasons. You know, I know when when Sean Long was at the club, we mentioned uh, on the podcast about how the uh, you know attacks improved and the defense was you know improving as well. And right from the 80 minutes, I thought we. We completely, you know, as Andy said about Boston off the park, and I really think we did. I think it was a good, solid performance. And then, obviously, it was nice for, for George Griffin to get a try against his uh, brother, which uh, I know our friend uh, Salford Steve McCormack snapped it a few times on the pitches. as a bit of brotherly love. So, but yeah, you know, he took his try good as well. Yeah, George Griffin went over Salford's second try, Andy. And George Griffin is, is an outstanding talent in our, in our pack, and, you know, big things could be for him in 2017 if he continues this uh, the farm he's in oh certainly certainly for me I think Salford's season will live and die on their injuries and they've got a good squad a deep squad getting them all to play together doesn't seem to be a problem I've they looked like a team that was so well gelled and well drilled that it was difficult to see anybody really putting a number past them this season coming. I thought, as you say, the attack has been very, very good in pre-season. But their defence against, as you say, one of the bigger packs in Super League against Hull was outstanding. The defence was just brilliant. Yeah, they only managed to breach our defence once a try from Steve Michaels. little kick over the top, crashed over in the corner. But like Andy said, Paul... You know, the defence stood up in that second half. Majority of the team was with younger players, weren't they, as well? And that's a that's a great sign for me. Yeah, they certainly was. You know, you look at like Liam Bent there coming off the bench, Daniel Murray, as I mentioned before, Matty Wilkinson, Jake Bibby. They all did they all did the job. They all did really well, didn't they? Ryan Lannan as well. And uh, and Josh Wood, I thought Josh Wood played really well. He, he started the game at Ucker, he ran well, he tackled well, and he worked really hard. And it was very pleasing to, to see how they'd gone. And I thought the attack was quite poor in the Halifax game and the, the friendly before that. I thought, you know, we scored two tries against Halifax and credit to them, they played well. But we, we seemed a bit one-dimensional and, you know, not we got we, we didn't seem to have a problem getting into the opponent's sort of 20. But when we did get a ball on the line, we sort of struggled to open Halifax up. But against Hull, you know, it was a completely different performance, really. We looked like we really upped our game and uh, we looked a lot better with, with ball in and a lot more... More dangerous, like we was going to score every sort of time we got down there. So, uh, so yeah, it was very pleasing. I thought that whole friendly. Yeah, Salford's final try. Uh, Dan Chris Wellham uh, picks up a loose ball from a bomber and dives over. You know, he's he's played a couple of games for Salford in preseason, and you know, with two tries behind him, you know, he's he's looking like he could be a force for 2017. I quite like him. I think he's you know he's, he looks really really good. He looks confident. He looks you know he's he's one of those players that knows that centre position inside and out. And you know he hasn't hasn't looked out of place since coming. You know, he, he has done really, really well uh, for for the you know the team, and you know I think uh, you know whoever's on that wing next to him, I know Johnson has played there, Rivals has played there. They've all benefited, you know, from having a good centre inside, and I think that'll continue this year with uh, Chris Wellham. I mean, you know, I know last season at Bradford, you know, people are saying that you know it's, it was only the championship, but he still, I think he was it something like twenty nine tries in thirty appearances for the club. At any level, that is you know fantastic, and I think he'll he'll be a, a massive plus for us um, in in that position. Ian Watson was happy with the performance and uh, this is what he had to say. Gentlemen, 
Yeah, no, uh, pleasing to be fair, it's more or less been, well, apart from the injuries, it's been kind of the perfect kind of pre-season for us, the preparation, if you'd have said how we wanted to lay things about and build towards, then all the boys have done exactly what we've kind of asked and what we envisaged as a coaching staff when probably me and Gleese at first when we got together and we had a plan of where we wanted to be at Christmas, which we said to the boys at Christmas, we're banged on for where we wanted to be. And then obviously Willie coming in as well, and then we discussed stuff moving forward for these pre-season friendlies, what we wanted to get out of it, and we've got exactly what we wanted out of it, so um, all happy, like I say, apart from just the little injuries. How as well? Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a big word, um, with his fascias or something underneath, so um, we won't know more until we have a scan on it. So we're hoping it's... He did it in pre-season, he did something in pre-season um, when he was at the wrestle room, and he got back pretty quickly for there, so we're just hoping it might be scar tissue or something like that. He just felt something go underneath, so we're hoping it's nothing major, but only a scan will clear that up for us. It's no, it's underneath his foot. It's underneath his foot. Um, he did something. He did the fat pad, you know, underneath his heel in the wrestle room, and there's something under there. What he's done again, so we'll see. You must have been pleased that once you brought the kids on towards the end, that they stood up and they yeah. pulled pulled the tribe back, and then you went away and Chris Willem. Yeah. No, made up. I just said in there. I think we have we've, we've got to acknowledge when people do things really well, and um, the leadership team within our group. Um, your Michael Dobson, your Rob Louie, your Junior Sow, who were, who were out there towards the end with them young kids, really led them and led them really well, and they managed the game perfectly, really, to have them young kids out there. But to be fair, the young kids stepped up. They stepped their performance up as well and lifted, and that probably energised people like Dobbo and Rob Louie and them as well to keep going and keep doing the right things. So all in all, pleasing, very pleasing. How's Justin Carney after the cannonball from two and Yeah, um, fine. I think Justin kind of lost his legs. It looked like it was going to be a lot nasty. I was a bit worried when I seen him going. To be fair, yeah. um, but then he kind of came out of it. He rolled out of it. But I know there's been a big thing about the cannonball recently and about saying how you can go in I definitely thought he could have chose a better way to go in but like I say Justin's come away with it so whether whether it's everyone who's been pretty lucky in that situation um, it probably just needs looking at more um, on the camera more than anything else so we'll wait to see on that but I did, I did thought think he could have gone in a little bit differently to be fair any update on the other car? Yeah, um, Todd, yeah, Todd's um, visa appointment is on Tuesday. I've been speaking to Todd. Um, he, he's been doing some stuff that we've sent him for training. So hopefully, when we get him across here, he, he won't. He'll be getting close to being up to speed. So we'll have to put a little bit of effort into him once he gets here. Hopefully, he should be here by the end of um, next week. Hopefully. Any other knocks for from today or? Jordan Wall, Jordan Wall, he's having a tough time, Jordan. Um, he had a bad injury at the end of last year. And then again, his, his hamstring went against Warrington in that close game. And then again today, he's, he's felt his hamstring grab. So we've pulled him off as a precaution. But it's just a shame for him that he, he seems to get back up and running and then he seems to just break down again on the back of that. So hopefully we'll assess them all now and see where they are. But hopefully we've, we'll have come through as unscathed as we could have done. What's the big positive you, you, you can take away from today? Oh, th- what we've been working on. What we've been working on, to be fair, as, as a team in pre-season as well. Defensively, you look at us and we were good. We were organised. Attack, we kind of gave them a little bit of a game plan this week, whereas last week we, we didn't give any kind of game plan. We just wanted them to figure it out. 
And to be fair, they've, they've identified what we spoke to them about and, and, and they've executed it, executed it very well. So hopefully, like I say, that's the end of pre-season now. What's been before has gone. Even that game's gone now for us. It's looking towards the Wigan game now and being as positive as we can going forward and making sure we're setting them standards every single week. Some tough choices to make for the 11. Yeah. Yeah, no, but you'd rather have that. You'd rather have that, and I'm sure every player in the change rooms would rather us have a tough decision to make on um, which players we're going to pick as well. The more competition we could get for places, that was my big thing this year in trying to make sure we had competition in every place, and we've got that, and we're still going to add to that, obviously, once Todd gets across here as well. I just wanted to mention, I don't know whether it's a thing that you might throw in as well, is just the Halifax dual edge thing. Um, oh, just with the, yeah, with the two young kids, because they did brilliantly out there, to be fair to us. And... Um, it was just a different way of looking at the dual reg as well there, because obviously we talk about losing players to the game, and something me and Richie's been talking about, and it would be funny enough, we had a meeting with Kev Sinfield this week, and he was all for this idea as well, and just saying that, giving them lads in the Championship a little bit more of an incentive to yeah. still go to the Championship, when you come out of the under-19s, you might go to a Championship club, but there might be another way back in there, yeah. so this was using the dual reg in a different situation, which we kind of wanted to push, so it's something that myself and Rich should come up with. Um, and like I say, I spoke with Kev about it. He was all for it. And the RFL granted it um, this week as well, which is um, good to them that they've done it as well. So, so I, it's I, like a case of like, if they impress Halifax, the doors more open than it perhaps has been to other teams where players have dual reg. Yeah, because the, the dual reg is all, it works that like you can only dual reg down. Yeah. Whereas I don't think it's a bad idea that like you can dual reg up. Yeah. So if you've, you've got a kid, um, like young Chester and Connor, they've done great there today. Yeah is that if they keep developing over the season and um, they're performing really well and say we do get a couple of injuries, that they might get a shot in there and they might earn a contract off the back of it for, I mean, I think Chester's 21, Chester, and so he's really relevant. Connor's only 20 as well. Whereas you, sometimes you lose these kids because we've not got a reserve team, you lose them. And at the moment, with us not having, having a 19s, it could be a way of keeping young lads in the game as well and then giving them an incentive to still get back into Super League as well. If they're, if they're linked with the dual edge, if that's the way they're kind of going to go. Has it been in the on setting up a reserve team? Because you said you were looking at it. Yeah, we, we did. We looked at it in the pre-season. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't get it up and running. Obviously, we had the academy kids and we, we didn't know how many we were going to be able to keep. Um, so it was something we were still looking at. If we kept the majority of the academy kids or if they wanted to move on, they had that decision. Um, if we'd have, we'd have had a number of them, we could have used them to play with some of our first-team guys to have a reserve team, and we would have got away with it that way. But obviously, with the minimum amount of numbers that we've got in our 19s now, we won't get away with that, so unfortunately. But that's why Halifax and myself getting together on this little idea kind of gave us something else for a bit of food for thought, really. You don't know whether it'll ever work, but it's gone OK today for us. <laughs>
hopefully they can carry that through the, the season. Yeah, I'm sure they can. I mean, we've got some fantastic young players at Salford. I mean, we're talking about the you know the, some of the young lads that have come in there. I mean, you look at the likes of Nia Levels as well. I mean, he's only he's only a young kid as well, really. He's only 23, 24. So you've got them sort of guys in there as well. And if you look at the side, I was just totting it up the other day when we was doing the, the blog, you know, looking at the at the pack. And I you know you looked at the, the, the backs, didn't you, Robin? I was trying to think who the oldest player was in the squad. I think the, the squad is one of the youngest squads, I think, We've, we've had for years um, I think who did I have down as the oldest I think maybe Dobson is he one of the oldest players maybe. Uh, Matt Flanning is about 29 I think it, it was, most of the players were sort of a young age anyway and um, I think no, I think it was Wella Haraki was the oldest player I think he was 31 but yeah there's a lot of young lads in there and you know um, even like Sir George Griffin it's hard to believe he's only 23 24 so um, these, these players have already got quite a lot of experience behind them haven't they and you know going into next season I think, yeah, I think the youngsters are going to be pushing it. And I think they're going to have to do We've not got the biggest squad in, in the league, have we? But what we have got there is we've got depth in certain positions now and these young lads are definitely going to get called upon. But just going back to, to Chris Willem, I think Chris Willem's a really good signing. Um, he's an out-and-out centre as well. He's not a utility player. Chris Willem is a centre and, and he knows that I put a winger away. So I think whoever's playing alongside him, I think uh, you're going to be getting a few tries. Yeah, you, know, you mentioned there as well. Sorry, sorry, Rob. Well, you mentioned yeah, there, Paul, about you know about the youngsters in the in the, the side, and it is really good. You, you know, you've got to realise that you know we've got players in that squad that you know have come through the academy ranks and they've been playing first grade rugby now for a number of years. You know, you've got the Warren brothers. You've got Ryan Lannan who came in, you know, towards the back end of you know a couple of years ago, and then he, he stood out last season when he played. You've got Niall Evalds. You know, you've got these type of players that have come through. You know, and and a, and a part of the culture of the club, and it'll be good for them to pass on their experience. You know, to the likes of you know Wilkinson and you know even Bibby. You know, Jake Bibby come through the club. He he played at a few key games last season for us, and you know the core of the team at the minute now isn't just you know the players that we're playing in or we're play, players we're getting from from other other teams. It is the players that have been at the club now from Salford from being youngsters. So they're in that culture now and to pass on their knowledge to all the other youngsters coming through, it's only going to benefit us in, in the long run. You, you, Andy, well, that, that's why it's such a shame that Salford lost the academy uh, going forward because, you know, it, as you say, these lads have grown up playing for the shirt, wanting to wear the shirt. Where did the next crop come from? Question, yeah, I think I think go, I think going to that, Andy. I think you're absolutely spot on. Um, that's that's something I found difficult to get my head round, especially when you you find out that you're signing Todd Carney. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's me being a bit cynical. But if you've got money for Todd Carney, where have we not got money for an academy? I don't no. know. It seems very short-sighted to me. That, but that's for another day, I suppose. That debate. I suppose you've got. I've got to think about you know the future. I'm sure the academy won't be disappear forever. Um, you're hoping that you know, hopefully, in 12 months' time, it'll come back, and you know they'll learn the experience, you know, that off the experiences of you know the previous way they've ran it, and you know it could generate a you know a, a bigger and better academy in the future. And uh, looking back, and obviously Dan was talking about it, then all these young kids that have come through. Do you think that kid, that allows us to go under the radar a bit in in Super League, and you know other teams might not be as prepared as they should be taking on us? Possibly because there is that unknown quantity about that. A proportion of the squad, but as the season goes on, they will, you know, they're going to watch. Coaches will watch everybody else's games, and they will figure out what you know. This is how Salford are playing. If they're behind, this is how they're playing. If they're ahead, um, but yeah, I think it will catch a couple of teams unawares. 
I think the the quality is there for Salford, as I say, to really challenge this year. And that's what we want as fans. We want to be able to compete every week, don't we? And you know, I'm really hoping that you say the the blend we've got of uh, young and old, you know, is going to take us uh, to the next level. Uh, Paul picked up a few injuries though along the way. Jordan Wall went off injured. Wellaraki as well ended up with a, a boot on his foot. Um, we can't, you know, keep picking up these injuries if we want to compete in the eight. No, and you've, you've, we've lost Josh Jones. I don't know when Josh is back. I think he'll be back sooner than Ben Murdoch Masilla. Ben Murdoch Masilla is quite a big one. He's out, so we've lost some big men there, and that's worrying going into the Wigan game. Definitely, we've lost that half a back row, haven't we? So um, you know, with Araki and Masilla, Josh Jones, like you say, so it's going to be tough. And you know, this this, this is where these these younger guys, like that's so Daniel Murray, Liam Ben, the Warren brothers, as well, they're going to have to stand up, and, and I'm sure they will do because they showed in the whole game that they can do, and I think that's a, a pleasing thing for um, for Ian Watson. But if you just go back to that that whole game, I noticed Ian Watson was was trying certain players out in different positions. Whether he was doing that in case we get injured within a game, I noticed he moved Robert Louis to full back in the part of the game, and he was shifting players round and. So, you know, he's a, he's a bit wise like that, I think, Ian. I think he knows we're going to pick injuries up. He's part and parcel of the game, isn't it? And, and he's got backup plans, and, and that, that, that's good, because obviously that's what's going to happen throughout the season. It happens. Every team gets injuries, usually, and we did last season, didn't we? And as long as we're prepared for that. That is a worrying thing, though, you know, you know going into the win game, as I said. Yeah, obviously, Ian Watson uh, tried a few uh, kids uh, from Halifax, uh, McGrath and Butler, Paul, you know, they showed up some good form, didn't they? They certainly did, yeah. Chester Butler, he impressed me in the, the friendly. Uh, Halifax, when he played for Halifax against us, I mean, he nearly, he'd been fitting if he had a scored at the end, really, being Colin Dixon's grandson in the Colin Dixon Memorial game, and he just couldn't take the ball in. But he looked a handful, and he looked very exciting when he came on on for us, and so did Conor McGrath. I thought he did some really good defensive work as well. Um, and, you know, they really caught the eye. So, um, I don't know how it's going to work with, with them, whether they'll be able to play for us again this season. Hopefully, uh, you know, this dual registration partnership that we've got with Halifax, we might see him again. Yeah, Ian Watson, Dan, talking about kind of using the dual registration in a different way by kind of upskilling potential Super League players from Halifax to give them a try. And it's it's a good idea, in my opinion. You know, you've got talent down in the in the first division. I'm sure, you know, Halifax will... Yeah, to produce a couple of quality players for us throughout the season. Yeah, and it will, you know, any dual registration is going to benefit, you know, because technically you've got two two squads there to choose from, haven't you? You know, you, you, if you, you know, if someone's coming through the ranks at Halifax that you think, you know, you know, it's worth, uh, you know, sticking on the bench for next week and just having a look at him, you know, in, in a certain game, then, you know, that, that opportunity is, is going to be there for the players to come through. And, you know, I reiterate what, what you guys have been saying about the, you know, Chester Butler looked really, really good. You know, he put a couple of big hits in on a couple of big players for the whole side. You know, he, he didn't look out of place at all one bit, you know, and it was it was nice to see, you know, the youngsters again, about the youngsters coming through. But, you know, if, if it's going to benefit, you know, both, because obviously he'll at some point go back to Halifax, whether he has or not already, I don't know. And, and his experience of, you know, playing against the Super League side, you know, can only benefit him, benefit Halifax, and it'll benefit us in the long run. Yeah, big thanks to everyone who... Yeah. Give us the three-word match reports and man of the matches uh, for the whole game. Mike Dixon said, very solid defence. And his man of the match was uh, Josh Wood. Uh, and uh, Josh Wood put a fine performance in on against other, against Hull. Uh, and he's you know definitely one for the future for me. He's, he's, he's always impressed. He always puts a, a shift in. And you know, rugby league is a sport with players of real honesty and determination. And he is one of those players that I can, I can see... A bright, bright future for him. Perhaps even uh, three lions. Oh, that's a, that's a big call. Paul, like like Andy said, he's he's got very very lots of potential, and you know we're looking forward to 
to be able to see him in a red shirt in the next few years develop. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's he's had a few um, first team outings, and he last you know certainly last season and. You know, in the in the friendlies this season, we've seen him pop up a few times, and he's impressed me. And I think he's one of those players that's was quite green when he first came into the first team, but he has improved vastly over the last, you know, since last season to to this season. And every time he every time you see him, he seems to get fitter and and stronger. And every time he comes off, he, he looks like he's done a shift because he, he's absolutely shattered when he comes off. But he really does work hard and plays above his weight. And uh, he's a talented kid, and he's like he said, he's going to get an opportunity this season. And uh, I think he'll take that opportunity with both hands. Yeah, Chris and Janet Shenton, good, solid performance. And their man of the match was Junior South. Neil Chanuk, uh, youngsters going well. His man of the match was Dobbo. Uh, Michael Matthews, proper team performance. And uh, his man of the match was Dobbo, Dan. Uh, he's getting a few man of the matches there, Dobson. He, he led the team very well. Yeah, he did. And, you know, his, his organisation skills is, is one of his key factors. You know, in, in his game, you know, he's got a fantastic kicking game, as we all know. But his his general leadership, you know, for the for the, the players around him, you know, you could see him sort of barking orders and shouting, you know, where he wanted his players to be, which was you know really good to see. And you know, if he can continue that through the season and get the players around him, and he, you know, he's get that talking with either Carney himself, you know, Lewitt or, or or Josh Wood when he comes in and fills him, you know, his his experience and knowledge is only going to push, you know, Josh Wood as we mentioned through. You know, and if he can pass his experience on, you've got Carney then, you know, coming into the mix. It's, you know, he's he's doing really well, Double And I've been impressed, you know, ever since he come. You know, and I, I do think he's, he's a vital, you know, key to, to us doing well this year. Yeah, uh, Colin Wilkinson, very encouraging signs. His man of the match was uh, Josh Wood. Martin, I'm sorry, Andrew Martins, very optimistic and he's excited. And in, I can say lots of fans out there. You know, generally excited about the 2017 season and what team we've got put together. Well, <laughs> Stalford fans, are, you're a hardy bunch. How can <laughs> I put that? You've had so many false dawns over the past five, six years that I, it, as a whole KR fan, I really, really wish that this season brings some silverware to the AJ Bell. I, I grew up as a whole KR fan, but one of my best mates from my days in the forces, his brother used to be your assistant coach, Lee Spencer. So whenever I was home on leave, we'd always come down and watch Salford at the Willows. And they've always been my second club, if you like. And it's an honour to cover you for any outlet. But I think that this year, Salford have probably got their best chance, uh, probably a good cup run to the all the way to the final. And certainly mixing it with the big boys at the top end of the table as well. Yeah, big cup run, Paul. That's what that's what excites the fans in it. Obviously, with the Challenge Cup being the uh, you know the trophy that just kind of evades us uh, a lot. Um, you know, if we get a good run and we get this squad together, you know, who knows what might happen? Yeah, you 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 don't have to go back um, to like us. You can go back to people. You know, our, our parents, can't you? And our dads and friends and that, and they'll tell you it evaded them in the seventies and. 80s as well, didn't it? And um, and just go back to what Andy said there about false dawns in the last six years. I can think of plenty over the last sort of 30 years, really. But but yeah, I'm excited for this season. I am. I always I'm always optimistic. You know, every week I back us to win, don't I? And some weeks my my head might not be saying that, but my heart overrules my head. But we've got some some talented players. You know, if you go from the one to 13, you know, that's a Justin Carney, Gareth O'Brien, the good players, aren't they? Dobson, who we've mentioned, um, Flanagan. You can go through the, the list if we. The, the key to me is is just injuries. If we can keep that core, 
and just just get through without loads of injuries and that we've got a one to thirteen, a really a really good one to thirteen. And with the players we've brought in, we've not signed reams and reams of players. We've not brought ten, eight, ten, twelve signings in. We've brought a, a core in of players, four young players, and Chris Chris Wellham as well. And and you've just added to that that squad that you had last season, that bond that they had last season. I know we've lost Josh Griffin, but you know we've just added that that little bit to to the side, and uh, I think that's going to stand us in good stead. Yeah, Sai Hitman Handle. He said, impressed with the youngsters. Colin Reynolds, great, solid defence. Uh, his man of the match was Dobbo. Gary Williams' defence wins games. Uh, and his man of the match was George Griffin. Enjoyed that try, Dan. Didn't he get in over the line? Yeah, Dobbo. he did. And I spoke, to him, uh, I spoke to him at the end of the game as well. Uh, when him and Josh and um, you know was hanging around. And you know, they were having a bit of a, a banter between each other. That you know Josh said he would have got him. And you know George said no, there was no chance. And it was nice to see. You know, and again, he's a player. You know, as, as we've mentioned just shortly before, that's going to really shine again this season. And he's, he's a, you know, he's, he's a handful. He proved that against Hull, and I think he'll, you know, if if him, lots of him, Kopjack, Lamataza, you know, these kind of players, you know, could push us forward. And as as Andy's mentioned, you know, a nice cup run, and then mixing up with the big boys because you know we're big boys as well now. Yeah, a few more man of the matches. Darren Sherwood, big confidence builder, and his man of the match was Sal. Um, Harvey, we are Salford celebrating a move from Harvey and the final one Stephen Dawson good season ahead and his man of the match was Dobson obviously we all went to the game Andy who was your man of the match on uh, against Hull for me Michael Dobson I think he's he stepped up last year when Tommy Lee was injured and took on the captaincy role but now he's got it full time I think he just he, he's at his best leading teams around the park and he did that magnificently on uh, against Hull how about you, Paul? What was your man of the match? Dobson didn't put a foot wrong for me. I thought he was absolutely outstanding, Michael Dobson. Mm. Um, as he was a lot of games last season, I thought he was good in the million pound game in a game that we was poor for certain extents of the game. I, I thought he was he was great last season, and you know when we we struggling, what we Robert Lou was out of form and that, and he's led us and done the, done the job, and I thought he led us around the park and did really well. How about you, Dan? Is it a clean sweep for Dobbo? Have you got someone else up your sleeve? No, it's it's a clean sweep, mate. You know, again, he was outstanding. Um, he really was, and as the boys have mentioned, you know, he didn't put a foot wrong. Everything from his his kicking game to his organisation to to putting you know unbelievable moves on with players where he sends them through a gap, like you know, there's there's no one there in front of him. And yeah, you know, for me, you you can't go you know far wrong with Dobbo, and I think he'll be a, a massive force for us this year. Cool. So what we'll do now, we'll uh, after we talked about our win against Hull uh, last week, we'll now. See what the amateur report Paul put in and see what's happening in the amateur scene locally. Right, well, as the season gets a bit closer, I've got a bit more news to bring you on this week's amateur report. We'll start off with the scholarship under-16s. They had a friendly on Sunday, the 5th of February. They went down by 40 points to 20, the Salford Red Devils under-16, against Newcastle Thunder. There was two tries for Wakefield, a try for Jones, and try for Grundy, and two goals from Forsesley, who, scored, who kicked two goals, sorry. Uh, there's another friendly game. This weekend coming on Sunday the 12th of February, the Salford Red Devils under-16s take on the Cumbria Storm. So we'll give you that result That result for you next week. Moving on to the Youth and Junior Leagues, it was the Baylor National Youth Cup Games this weekend. On Sunday, the under-14s, round one, Waterhead 8, Batley Boys 34. Um, the fixtures for this week, a few of them are either our contests, as some of the games were, were postponed for one reason or the other. Um, on the 
on Sunday the 12th of February is round two of the under-18s Waterhead or Oral St James play Lee Miners and on the under-16s round two it's Dewsbury Moor versus Waterhead or Hessingham and the under-14s Waterhead or Batley Boys play Normanton. Well, in the Open Age Barla National Cup, one of our local sides, Oldham St Anne's, went down 24 points to 10 in the first round on Saturday, the 4th of February. So, commiserations there to St Anne's. Round two fixtures, they'll be played this coming weekend, and round two looks like this. Waffbrow Hornets against Oral St James, West Bank against East Hull, Dewsbury Moor against Skirlaw, Queens against Charleston Rovers, Batley Boys versus Huntsville Club Parkside, Thatto Heath Crusaders against Thornhill Trojans, Upton versus Haydock, and Fryston Warriors versus the Beverly Braves. Well, Student Rugby League was back on Wednesday the 1st of February and it was back with the bang for Salford University as they beat York St John's Tigers away from home by 24 points to nil, so great result there. Also in College Rugby League in the North West League 2, Salford Red Devils had a good win. They beat Priestley by 30 points to nil. The game between Hopwood Hall and Carmel was postponed. So the fixtures for this week, it's cup action this week on Wednesday the 8th of February. It's the BUCS Trophy Round 1. Oxford entertains Salford and in the Northern Conference Cup round two Manchester play Bradford that's the universities in college rugby league there's just one fixture this coming Wednesday and that's between Bishop Burton and Hotwood Hall I've also got the second round draw for the Challenge Cup for you that was made last weekend uh, sorry, in the middle of last week it was made, I think it was on Tuesday. But uh, the, these fixtures are going to be played on Saturday the 11th of February. I know there's a big game going on this Saturday on the 11th of February between Salford and Wigan in the Super League, but there is some cup games as well, and I'll bring them for you now. Featherstone Lions play West Warriors, Haydock against Fornhill Trojans, Kells against Rochdale Mayfield, London Chargers against Fryston Warriors, Pilkington Rex against Siddall, Mighton Warriors against York Acorn, West Hull against Thato Heath Crusaders, and Wigan St. Patrick's against Egremont Rangers. We've got a special announcement this week as well for Salford City Roosters. Junior Rugby League um, at Salford City Roosters will be played on Thursday night, 6 till 7pm. That's for the over-4s, the under-7s and the under-8s. It's Thursday night, 6 till 7pm. It's at the Salford City Roosters, Moat Hall Sports Club, Hallsworth Road, Eccles. And the postcode for that for your sat-nav is M37LS. And for any more information, call Andy Knight on 078 171 a special mention this week also for Little Hull and Reds. They had a good result um, in a friendly game at the weekend. They beat Caddy Zed by 50 points to nil. Try scorers. There was one for Michael Jones, two for Gaz Hessian. An outstanding six tries from Aidan Heaton. And the man of the matches, well, there's three. There was Aidan Heaton, Wes Winder and Michael Vinton. Well done to all the boys and uh, good luck for your friendly next week away at the Wigan Bulldogs. Well, finally this week, I'll give you the scores from the Championship as well, because that kicked off on uh, on Sunday. There was a game on Saturday as well, but the results from Sunday in the, the Kingston Press Championship was Halifax 26, Featherstone Rovers 32, Hawkinson Rovers 54, Bradford Bulls 24, Oldham 26, Sheffield Eagles 10, Rochdale Hornets 46, Dewsbury Rams 0, Swinton Lions 23, London Broncos 26, and the game on Saturday was Toulouse Olympic 44, Batley 6. The forthcoming fixtures for this weekend in Super League Thursday night it's St Helens against Leeds Friday night Casford against Lee Witness against Huddersfield Saturday tea time Catalan Dragons against Warrington Salford play Wigan with a quarter past one kickoff, and the Sunday games are Wakefield against Hull in the Super League and the Kingston Press Championship it is Batley Bulldogs against Halifax Bradford against Rochdale Hornets Dewsbury Rams against Swinton Lions Featherstone Rovers against Oldham London Broncos against Hull Kingston Rovers and Sheffield Eagles entertain the Toulouse Olympic there's a couple of pre-season fixtures on Sunday the 12th as well Keithley Cougars play a Keithley Select 13 and South Wales Ironmen play a St Helens 13 
that's it for this week. I'll catch you next week. Cheers for that, Paul. So now what we'll do, we'll talk about our prospects for 2017 and see what the boys think, where we'll finish this season. So the Super League season 2017 starts on Thursday. We're so excited about it, Andy. And, you know, it's a really good quality competition now. There's not, you know, one team that's going to stand out. There's a few quality sides in there now. Yeah, there is. I, I'm, it's looking for me to be probably the closest Super League season, certainly the last five or six years. I can't see the top four uh, being separated by more than two points, to be honest. The fight to stay out of the bottom four, that's going to go all the way down to the wire, I think. Yeah, obviously, you know, Paul, Super League, they need to improve. They need to obviously push to get the Australians. But, you know, we're hoping for competitive games, you know, week in, week out. And really, that's what we're hoping for, aren't we? Yeah, certainly. And I think we, we got a bit of that last season, didn't we? Where sort of teams on the day could beat teams at the top. There were some funny scores last season. You look at that Wakefield game when they beat Wigan by 60 points. I mean, who would have thought that? So, so yeah, I think, I think on the day... Oh, any team can can beat each other, can't they? And that's not being ridiculous. I think that can happen, but I think it's going to be cl- be close, as, as Andy says there. I mean, I've watched the uh, the Sky Sports um, preview today with Clark and Matt Dermot and O'Connor on a sort of round on a table, you know, trying to get it into an order, and they couldn't really decide who was going to be in the top eight and who was going to be in the bottom four. And I think it's that unpredictable, really. Yeah, obviously, looking at the teams, Cast Tigers, Dan, you know, they recruited Zach Hardacre. He's going to be a big player for them this season, especially after losing Denny Solomona to Rugby Union. Yeah, he is. And, you know, Rangley Chase as well, you know, he's back at Castleford. He, he played quite well towards the back in the last season. I think, you know, a pre-season under his belt with Castleford, I think he'll go quite well for them this year. You mentioned Zach Hardacre. Uh, Luke Gale, is, I think he's one of their crucial players, though, because he seems to be like Michael Dobson for us. He bosses them around. He's got a good kicking game, made it into the England side. You know, whether he's played or he's, he's been a squad player, but he's still... There are thereabouts, and I think he'll he'll play a, you know a key role for them uh, this season. But yeah, they've they've recruited quite well at Castleford. Yeah, another another team that'll be pushing for that top eight spot. And uh, you've got Catalan Dragons. You know they lost some big players, aren't they? Last season, Greg Munis and Pat Richards, and you know they'll be looking to you know build on that and hopefully you know reaching that top eight again. I've actually put uh, in our in our press tipping league, which this year is sponsored by Betfred. Um, <laughs> I've actually put. Catalan down as finishing bottom. Bottom? Yeah. Because they've I, lost all the big I, players, like. I, ju- I just don't see them being able. I, don't, I think Fraser New is a good coach, but I think he's taken that club as far as he possibly can. And that's what I suppose that's the thing about coaches, Paul. You know, they need to keep it fresh. They need to keep the team moving forward. And if Andy's right and, and Catalan have hit the wall, it, you know, it's a possibility they'll drop out the eight, which leaves a spot for someone yeah. to pop in. Yeah, it could be. I think they've got rid of a lot of dead wood, haven't they? They've had a bit of a clear out, haven't they? They've got rid of a lot of big earners and you know a few big egos as well. And um, yeah, they brought some interesting players. And I think Luke Burgess has gone there, hasn't he? And uh, did Thornley go there as well? Who we had? Mm. It was all okay. I think he's gone there. So they've got Jody Broughton. They have got some some experienced players there. One thing with Catalan. The, uh, they're always usually pretty good at home, aren't they? And you, you can normally win a few. I mean, I know, I know there was a bit patchy last season, but you can normally rely on them to win, win certainly a few home games anyway. But no, I, I have not been convinced, and um, I could possibly see them slipping out of the top eight, but we'll have to see on that one. Another team that has a big uh, home following, uh, Dan, you've got the Hull, Hull FC. Uh, we beat them uh, on Sunday last week, but you know they've got some good players that come in. Albert Kelly from Ulkiar, 
Um, Josh Griffin from us, and I'm sure they'll be looking to build on the, the Challenge Cup win last season. Yeah, that was massive for them, once, you know, and, and missing out on the, the grand final, uh, you know, really did disappoint. I know quite a lot of Hull, uh, Hull FC fans, uh, personally, and, you know, they're, they're, you know, ready to move on to the next step now. They've got the Challenge Cup, you know, they, they, they're trying to concentrate more on the league, uh, speaking to the fans, they're more sort of going for that, that old Trafford visit. Um, but yeah, you know, they'll go quite well. I think uh, the key play for them has got to be Denny Houghton again, you know, their captain and their leader. You know, Hooker is he's probably for me, he's arguably one of the best hookers in in the league. You know, he's he's really is a, a tough man and he's a great leader for them. You know, you've got all all the other players as well. You know, the likes of Gareth Ellis, you know, he's getting on but he's still doing a job. You know, they're a big side hole and I think they'll go well. Yeah, they're obviously trying to break into the, the top four, Andy and you know, Settlers are already in the top four. They're a real competitor uh, in this uh, in the Super League. But obviously, with Matty Smith having a broken leg, um, it's going to be a big blow for them. You know, I think, and it'll be interesting to see how they uh, how they develop throughout the season. Oh yeah, yeah. I think you know, without a doubt, he was their big signing for 2017, and to lose him to an injury like that for as long as he's probably going to be out for. And I, I, I've yet to see a player who comes back from a broken leg like that at the same level they were before. Don't get. I hope I'm proved wrong with Matty Smith, and I hope he comes back as fit and healthy as possible as soon as possible. But St Helens, for me, again, they're a team that have been they're sort of flying under the radar with recruitment recruitment this year, and I think Cunningham's another one of these coaches that he's happy with the spine of his squad and just wants to add those fringe players that put the pressure on for places. Yeah, and obviously with Matty Smith being injured, the pressure then falls on ex-Reds Theo Farge and Tommy Lee Paul and, you know, they're going to have to step up now and to fill the gap. Yeah, they certainly are. I thought Tommy Lee was a bit of a strange strange signing for Satan. He's not really the sort of sort of player they tend to go for, is he? But but yeah, we all know about Theo, don't we? And I think he did well last season for St. Helens. I mean, I watched him a few times and he did really well for him. He's got, he's got lots of potential, hasn't he, Theo? And we say he's one for the future, but I think he's one for now as well. I think he's he's a good he's a good defender. He's a good, got a decent kicking game as well, but he's going to have a lot of pressure on his shoulders now. At, you know, a big club, St. Helens, and there's a lot of expectation in there. They're, they're a side that is expected to finish a bit like Leeds were last season, you know, how, how poor they were, but their supporters sort of demand a top four finish, really, don't they? So he's going to have a lot of pressure on his shoulders, but I'm sure he can deal with it because he's a good player. Yeah, obviously, if, if Saints do kind of fall out of that top top four, top eight spot, it could mirror, could mirror uh, Leeds Rhinos' uh, season last season. Damn, struggle for them last season. They're missing uh, Kevin Seafield, but you know, this season, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it was, and it was a disappointing, you know, season for them. It was a bit like. Uh, it was a bit like Leicester this season, wasn't it? You know, they did quite well and all of a sudden just plummeted. Um, yeah, they really struggled, I thought, last season. But I think, you know, this season, I think they'll learn from that. Um, you know, they've they've not really made any sort of massive signings. I know they, is it Matt Parcel or Purcell, whatever he's called? The hooker that they've made from Manly. Um, you know, but they've, they've got quality running through the side, haven't they? You only have to look at the outside backs. You know, you've got Joel Moon, you've got uh, Ryan Hall, you've got Callum Watkins, you know, Danny Maguire. These are all still top top class players that can, you know, produce it on the day. And I think I think they'll uh, they'll learn from last season and that they'll be up there again. Yeah, another team that has lost an inspirational figure would be Warren uh, would be Widness. They lost Kevin Brown to local rivals Warrington and You know, how much of a miss is it going to be uh, for for Widness? Uh, Kevin Brown got to Warrington. Oh, massive. 
massive. Um, he's he was the the player there that pulled all the strings. He's there, Michael Dobson, if you like. Um, and I think going to Warrington for him was it, it was a natural move. He wanted to step up and he wanted to be able to challenge for silverware and honours. And you know, sadly, Witness are not the team they were in the eighties where they were doing that. And <clears throat> you know, just I think for him it was the right move at the right time, and I think it was done in the right way. Um, but Witness without him, uh, bottom four. Mm. Big moments, like Andy said, um, Kevin Brown leaving uh, Paul. And, you know, it, it could be sink or swim for, for Widness. Obviously, he's a big character there and, you know, they need to fill the void, don't they? Yeah, they certainly do. Yeah, they've got yeah, a young lad who's come. Is it, is it Gilmore? He plays for Widness, the youngster there. And they've got Meller as well. He's a, he's a good player. Um, the thing is with Widness, though, they always seem to win home games on that pitch, don't they? But, uh, but yeah, I'm with Andy on that one. I think, you know, Kevin Brown... I mean, I always thought when when we played him, if you stop Kevin Brown, you beat Witness, don't you? Really? Mm. And, uh, yeah. He's a, he's a he's a massive hole. Everything seems to to run off him, and you know, sometimes you look at Danny Bruff, he's a bit like that. Others feel everything comes off him, and if he has a poor game, they generally get beat, don't they? So uh, it's how they fill that gap, I suppose. And obviously, they brought they brought a, a young a young couple of youngsters into the squad, and just see how they go from there. But I, I think it might be a struggle for Witness. But on that pitch, they'll probably get a few wins on that pitch alone, though. Yeah, and another team on the up as well, uh, Wakefield Trinity Wildcats, Dan. Uh, you know, they had a good season last season, they invited the, the middle eights, and I'm sure they'll be planning to, you know, do another big season this season. Yeah, you know, I think they've improved their squad, you know, hugely, and they've, they've you know, improved it with quality. It'll be quite interesting to see how uh, uh, Keegan Hurst uh, goes on, you know, his transition from Championship at Batley to, to Super League. You know, he's he's done a couple of interviews and he's, he's keen to go. Uh, Mason Keaton Brown. You know, really, really devastated that he's he's left us because he, you know, he, he scored some really good tries for us last season, and he's been, you know, a good player over us for the time he was there. You know, I think they'll, uh, I think they'll go quite well again this year, Wakefield. I think they'll uh, they'll reach the top eight, no problem. Yeah, another team that's that's uh, you know had a good few seasons now, struggling a bit. Uddersfield Giants, Sandy, you know, finished towards the bottom of the the, the sort of the the, sea, the the league last season. Um, what do you think this season? Do you reckon they're going to right a few wrongs? No, no. I think that when they won the League Leaders' Shield, they overachieved. I really do. And I can see a bottom four finish for Huddersfield. As you know, as the boys have said, without Danny Brough, if he has a bad game, they get beaten. But I, I just don't see that recruiting from a team that... Most of their recruits have come from Bradford. And that they've recruited from a team that failed to make the top four in the championship. That tells you everything. There's, there's no, uh, the ambition seems to have gone out of the club with that with those sort of signings, and I just don't see them making the making the eight. I suppose signings, Paul. You know, when you want to be ambitious, you send matches out with the players that you sign, and like Andy said, others feel that have gone below. They've gone a division below and picked up, you know, a few players from there. It's it's not good signs for them. No, it's not. Um, but sometimes in rugby league, though, there's not like a massive pool of players, is there? And sometimes you, your hands are tied, aren't they? And you, you, you know, obviously you've got to bring players in to strengthen your squad, and perhaps that's all they've had available to them, really, or just feel. But I'm, I know where Andy's coming from. 
since they had, they did finish top of the table, they have they have seen to have a bit of a lack of ambition. Um, I know when they signed Ryan Briley last season, I thought that was quite an exciting signing, but he doesn't seem to have fitted in there to their sort of mentality. I don't know whether it's where they're playing him or or what, but he doesn't seem to be dovetailing with Danny Brough. But I'm not so sure. I just feel like Andy says I I can see them them struggling again because they were pretty poor last season, weren't they? And uh, you know we walloped them in that in that middle eights, and you know I, I was surprised that they finished above us in that middle eights. I think they sort of improved as it went along, but. Uh, but yeah, I can't, I can't see them making the top eight, no. Hopefully a team that's going to start badly by getting beat by us on, on Saturday is Wigan Warriors um, and uh, Dan. You know, obviously, Wigan are a top side. They've got some you know quality players in that squad and they're going to be competing for the uh, the Super League trophy again, aren't they? Yeah, I think they will be. You know, they always seem to be there and thereabouts for Wigan again, don't they? You know, I think they've uh, recruited quite sensibly again, you know, bringing uh, Luluai, uh, Tommy Luluai back to the club. You know, I think he'll... he'll do really well with uh, young George Williams, who, who again has been an outstanding halfback for them. Um, you know they've got the likes. They've got really you know crucial players in crucial positions, haven't they? I mean, one player for them that stood out last season, in my opinion. I don't know what yous are, but I think uh, you know Anthony Gellin at centre. You know he he seemed to really step up uh, last season in some big important games for them. You know and he did really quite well. And uh, with uh, Joe Burgess returning to the club from Sydney, you know he he didn't know you know he's not afraid of getting on. Over that try line, so yeah, they'll they'll go well, Wigan. Yeah, local rivals, new to Super League, Andy Lee Centurions. You know, it's going to be a big season for them. How do you see them? Uh, you know, developing through the season. You think they've got enough quality uh, to make an impact? Yeah, I, to be honest, I think they have. I think they may just make the eight. It's going to be tight there, um, but I think that they've got enough quality and enough surprises up their sleeve. Um, you know, they've got some some old stages and some good young players in that squad. And I think that uh, they might surprise one or two teams, especially at home. It's a very, very tight little ground, these uh, Lee Sports Village. And, yeah, I think that Lee are going to surprise one or two teams this year. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I think Super League is, you know, full of good quality teams now and, you know, I'm hoping that you know, it's going to be a, a season to remember. Uh, the only team we've not talked about is us. So let's crack, let's crack on and, and start talking about our backs, Paul. Uh, we've got some good quality in the backs with Gaz O'Brien and Greg Johnson and uh, the like. And I'm sure we're going to be scoring loads of tries this season. We've got pace, haven't we? Yeah. We've got some good pace there in Johnson and, and, and Carney as well. Um, I think Carney's been a bit out of form for me, I thought, in the, in the pre-season. So I'm hoping he's going to step up a bit. Um, for the for the start of Super League, I'm sure he will. You've got Junior Sal, we've got Chris Wellham there, and we've also got young Jake Bibby to come in as well. And Niall Evans, I mean, the conundrum of Niall, where's Niall going to play? Because he's a good player, Niall, and and you know, for me, he needs to be in that starting that starting lineup because he's got that extra factor about him. He's got the pace, but it's just just where where to play him. So that's a nice headache for for Ian Watson and also Gareth O'Brien as well. I mean. Talented player Gareth is so yeah we've got some good backs there and uh, looking forward to seeing where Ian Ian's got the the plans for him. Yeah, we talked about Chris Wellham, we talked about Nile Levels, Dan. You know both quality players and I'm sure they're going to be big impacts in 2017. Yeah, you know they they will be. You know young Nile especially he's been um, you know a fantastic player for us since coming through the ranks. Um, yeah, I think you know I think we'll go really well again this this year with with the youngsters that we've got. Um, really looking forward to the new signings that we've got. I know we put um, 
a picture out today of who who the fans were looking forward to seeing in a red shirt, and you know all the new signings. You know, there's there's not been one person that everybody's mentioned. It's been a variety of different people that they've mentioned. You know, looking forward to to seeing uh, Chris Browning play. Yeah, Daniel Murray. I think he'll be you know a good player for us for the future. And um, yeah, you know, really excited with with where we're going to go this year. And I think you know, I'll uh, I'll snap Andy's hand off now for his position of uh, fifth. <laughs> I'm not that get you there first, Dan. <laughs> but obviously, you know, it's not all about the backs. The half-backs are important. Andy Riley managed to speak to Michael Dobson about the season to come. And this is what he had to say. So, step up from vice-captain to captain for this season then. Yeah, it's obviously a huge honour, the captain of the club. And uh, I've got to do it a fair bit last year, obviously, with Tommy being out injured. And, um, yeah, I've obviously got a lot of support around me with experienced guys. So, yeah, it's a real honour. Yeah, you're looking forward to leading them around the pitch this uh, this time round. Yeah, I am. It's my job anyway as a half. I've got to lead them around the, the park anyway, so my job doesn't really change on what I do anyway. It's just um, it's good, obviously. As I said, it's an honour to be able to captain the club, and um, yeah, looking forward to it. Because you've got you're in your last year of contract here, right, at the moment. No, I've got another year after. You've got another so. year after. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're looking to carry on beyond that, or? Um, we'll wait. I'm getting on a bit now, so yeah, I'll get through these next. Uh, this year, I'll get through this year, and then uh, I've just got next year as well, and we'll just see what happens after that. And you know, you're going to be coming up against a lot of. Uh, a lot of players that you've played with over the next year again, aren't you? Yeah, well, you're, always, you're always coming up against them and, um, yeah, looking forward to it. How are the new ones settling in? Yeah, they're settling in good. Um, we've obviously got Lama back and Lee Mossop. They've added some grunt up front and uh, Chris Wellen's going to be a good addition out in the centres and uh, Chris Bring coming in at hooker. He's still only young and still learning, but he's going to be a good addition. So, and obviously um, we just signed Toddy uh, Carney, so he's going, to be, he's going to be really good for us. Yeah, and what sort of impact do you think Todd will make? Hopefully he'll have a big impact. He's obviously a quality player. He's played for Australia. He's played for New South Wales. Um, he's got a lot of experience, so I think he'll have a good, good impact. And obviously um, he'll put some put some pressure on me and Robbie and see see what happens in terms of what what I wants to do in terms of playing the three of us and we'll go from there. How nice was it to get a warm pre-season training session in this year? It was good. Compared to yesterday's game against Halifax, it was a big difference. So, no, it was good. Well, yeah, I mean, we were at Colchester last year. and Yeah. It's far from warm there. No, it isn't. So, yeah, it was good to get a warm one in this year and it had its benefits. So, hopefully they, they, we reap those benefits later in the year. All right, great. Cheers, mate. No worries. Cheers, Pat. Thanks a lot. So good interview there, Andy, with uh, Michael Dobson, and you know he's pretty confident about you know what what he thinks going to happen uh, in the 2017 season. He is. Um, he's got uh, this season and next season on contract, and I think he wants to. He really does want to help Salford win some silverware, or at least escape their the doldrums of the past few years. He's, he's a bright guy. He knows the game inside out. And he's, he's one of the best leaders on the field in the game, I feel, certainly in the Northern Hemisphere. And, you know, the next two seasons with Dobbo at the helm as captain, things are going to go well. Yeah, he's partnering crime, Rob Louis, Paul. You know, obviously he's got competition now for places and 
You know, it's going to be a big season for Lewis, see what he can produce. Yeah, if Todd Kearney gets this visa sorted, yeah, eventually he will have a bit of competition. And we've got Josh Wood there as well, as we've mentioned. He can play at Ucker or at half-back. So, so, yeah, we've got a competition there, as we were talking before with the four of them. And, you know, it's exciting. And just going back to what I just want to echo what Andy said there about Michael Dobson. I mean, he's one of my favourite players. I just love the way the way he works out. I mean, we were just talking before about his kicking game and the way he leads the team around the pitch. But you watch how much tackling he does as well. He grafts in defence as well and puts... You know, tackles above his weight as well. He's always there and in defence, and um, you know I think he's a worthy leader of that side. Yeah, we've heard obviously Josh Wood and Todd Carney, Dan. You know, as well in the mix. Can I can I put pressure for a for a starting six and seven? Well, I think you're going to have to go with Dobson and Louis, aren't you? You know, I think they're going to be the starting halfbacks for us. Uh, you know, and and once you know, if any of them, which you know, they may possibly get an injury. Then you know you've got to look at uh, Todd Carney coming through, but you know I, th- I think that the depth that we've got in that position is is the most that we've ever had. You know, in, in as far as I can remember, in in the half back we've always had two, maybe just three, but you know we've got even the likes of Gareth O'Brien who can slot in there, you know, and, and play six or seven. You know, he, he was a recognised half back at Warrington, so you know we've we've got a good sort of options in that department, and it's 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 uh, it's going to be a headache for 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 Watson to pick his. Is halfbacks, but it's going to be a good one, I think. Well, I suppose it's a good sign, Andy, that you know you've got good quality depth in that area because obviously all good teams need a good six and seven, and we've got a few to pick from. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you go to any Super League head coach, and it's you know they're the first names you look for on your team sheet, and you want people in there who know the game, who can read the game. And who are going to put a shift in and will graft for you. And Salford have got some of the better ones out there, certainly as a pairing. It's, it's, the future's bright and it looks like it's wearing red. The future's bright and it looks like wearing red. That's good, Andy. We'll, we'll, we'll clip that and, and use it as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a saying on the podcast, I reckon. Uh, talking about the, back, the, the forwards now, though, Paul, you know, we've got some good forwards who work hard and, you know, they're going to have to work hard this season to to make the halfbacks uh, work the magic? They certainly are, yeah. And like we were saying before, backs are going to be against the wall a bit early on with, it, with the injuries that we picked up in the, in the pre-season. But we've got we've got the strength there, haven't we? With um, you know, Lamatazi coming back as well. He's looked good, I thought, in the, in the pre-season. And I know speaking to him, he's got um, a bit of unfinished business at Salford, hasn't he? I think he was disappointed by his... Uh, his time at St. Helens didn't really go, go as, as well as he would have thought it had done. So I think he's got a bit of making up to do at Salford. And I'm sure he will do. And the, and the young lad we brought in, in Murray and, and, and Brian as well at, at Hooker, I think um, the, the good additions to the squad. I mean, last season, you know, George Griffin was very, very impressive. And I think he'll kick on again this season. So uh, so the pack's looking good. It's a, it's a mobile pack as well. There's a bit of pace in there, you know, with Flanagan as well. And, you know, he, he can pass a ball like Mark Flanagan as well, can't he, as we know. So, uh, yeah, we've got a talented, talented set of forwards, I think. Yeah, and you spoke to Lamatazzi uh, about the uh, the upcoming season, and this is what he had to say. Right, I'm delighted to say I've been joined by Lamatazzi, who's just uh, returned from St. Helens. What's it like to be back, Lama, at Salford? Nah, it's awesome. Um, feels like I've never left. Um, everyone's been real welcoming, and you know, we've got a good crew here, and you know, I'm excited about next year. Have you settled back in then, all right? Yeah, yeah, like I said. Some of your friends are still here from last yeah, time I spoke, you know, aren't really they? really close mates here, and 
you know, it's just been an easy transition. So have you moved back to like, the local no, area? Did you I've not lived, move anywhere? Did no, you stay no, in the same place? Yeah, I've lived in Media City for the past three years. Enjoy it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Just apart from the weather. Yeah. It's a bit <laughs> ropey today, isn't it? But, yeah. but yes, yeah, so what are the goals for next season then with the squad? Cause it's quite a settled squad that we had last season, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, it's a quite a tight, as you said, it's quite a tight-knit bunch we've yeah. already got in it. So what, what are the goals for the side next season? What, what are your personal goals as well? Uh, as a team, you know, obviously being in the top eight and, you know, Play finals footy. That's you know that's the main goal, and, and try to win something. Yeah, we just don't. Uh, we don't really want to be in that million nah, pound game again, do we? Really? You know, we've got too too good of a squad to to be in that million pound game. Um, personally, I just you know be in that seventeen every week and you know put my best foot forward to help the team out. He was a bit of an enforcer last time he was here. You know, fans' favourite, strong running, big hits and things like that. I mean, what can the fans look forward to seeing this time? It's the same again from you. Oh, hopefully, man. I just, you know, I just want to get back to enjoying it and, and playing my best footy and, like I said, just helping the boys out. Yeah, it's going to be a tough season. We've got a tough start. You know, Wigan Warriors at home down here at the AJ Bell Stadium. I mean, what what more could we ask for? You know, playing the champions. I mean, that must be must be something you can't wait for now, February 11th. Yeah, exactly. You know, but, what a way to start the year than playing the defending you know, champs. It'll be a good test for us and you know we'll, we'll see from there you know, how, we, how we get on. I suppose it's all about building confidence. I mean, same with the support. And if we can get on a bit of a roll and win that first game and we can really build something, I believe that anyway. I know a lot of people sort of slag the stadium off for where it is, but I think there's a hell of a lot of potential at Salford. And you know, some of the, the players in the squad, the, mm. that potential's there. It just needs like relinquishing now, doesn't it? And us yeah. fulfilling it. Yeah. I agree. Like you said, we've got to start start well. And you know, if we get a roll on, who, who knows where, where it'll take us? But you know, it'll be a good test against Wigan straight up. And yeah, man. we'll see where we're at. I mean, last season you know, we had that points deduction, a lot of off the field issues. I mean, if we can keep that in house this time and, and really go for it, like you say, I think we can we can really do things this season. It'd be nice to perhaps get a good cup run, get to Wembley and finish in that top eight as long as we can avoid the bottom four. And, and I mean, no, the million pound game was good, and I bet it was good good viewing for the neutrals. But as a supporter, it was a bit bit nerve wracking. Yeah. Uh, even for me, watching the game was nerve wracking. But you know, I'm glad the boys pulled through. Did you know you was coming back to Salford? Then you'd already signed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so. like, Always in talks, and you know, Marlon's always been good to me. You know, and you know, when I was watching the game, I was nervous for the boys. You know, and you know, when it all unfolded, I couldn't believe it. What it was, I was watching, it was a good day. It was yeah. a good day. How did, how did you find your time at St. Helens? What was it like playing for them? Was it was it a different experience to being at Salford? Did you enjoy your time there? Yeah, it was good. Um, I just don't think you know, footy was. I played my best footy there, and you know, probably didn't enjoy it as much. Um, but you know, it's a good club and you know good people there. Does it feel like you've come home or going back to Salford? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, it's, you know, this is this is where I, this is where I started. You know, in the UK, and I played some of my you know good footy here. So hopefully, just get back to that form. Yeah, and all the supporters are really excited to see you back, and it's brilliant that you're back at Salford. And uh, just thanks for speaking to Devil in the detail. It's really kind of you, and uh, I wish you all the best for next season, Lama. No worries. Thanks for having me. Yeah, nice bloke, Lama Tazzy. Gave us a good interview and, you know, we're looking forward to big things, aren't we, uh, with him, Paul? Yeah, we certainly are. Yeah, he's a nice bloke, Lamataz, isn't he? And like he said to me, he felt like he'd come home coming back to Salford. I think he's got um, 
a lot of friends at the club. He thinks a lot of my one as well. And he thinks a lot about what we're trying to do. So um, I'm sure he's, he's settled straight back in. And um, he never actually moved, as he said. His interview from Salford, he stayed there, you know, in his time at St. Helens. And uh, he's a good player. And he puts the hits in and he works hard and he lamatizes. So uh, I'm expecting big things from him. Yeah, talking about other big forwards as well. Uh, Dan, Josh Jones can play in the backs and the forwards. And, you know, he's, he's quite an inspirational player. He puts in, uh, you know, big moments in games. And that's what you need, don't you, really? Yeah, he does, and he's, he's very versatile, and he? he can play sort of. He's even not a centre proper thing throughout last season. He's, he's a back row, loose forward. He can play in the centre. But uh, there's there's one player that we haven't really mentioned, and that's for me. That's Craig Kopjack. You know, he has been a fantastic signing for the club since coming from from Huddersfield. You know, his his work great, his his defending, is just everything. I think he's been one of our our best signings, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, you know, he leads the pack quite well. Him and him and Griffin. You know the 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 normally the starting two props that start the games, and you know they they set the the platform for the others coming off the bench. And for me, yeah, you, you know Craig Copjack is is probably one of the outstanding props that that we've got at the club. Yeah, another experience there as well. And then we've got Logan Tompkins. He's been around at Salford for a few years now, on loan, and you know now with a permanent deal, he's he's definitely blossoming into a a good player for us. He is, yeah, and he's he's settled as well. Now he's become a family man, and he he wants that settled life that that brings you. And you know, he, he did say to me last year that it was a shame he never got to play on the same park as both his brothers on the same team. But he's more than happy to stand up to him when he gets out on the pitch against him. And it's nice not to have them uh, chirping in his ear about being the. Uh, the younger of the of the group, and he, again, this once these players come back and they're fit, like Logan and uh, Josh Jones and BMM, Salford are, as I say, I've got them as a, a top six side fifth, but I really do think Salford are going to surprise a few teams this year. Yeah, that's what we're hoping for, Andy. Another player who surprised a lot of people in the last twelve months is George Griffin, Paul. You know, he's put some outstanding performances in, in 2016 and we're hoping for more in 2017, aren't we? Yeah, we certainly are. George Griffin's a player that's... I think he's one of the most improved players at the club. If you if you gauge from when we first signed him, he was very sort of very raw, really, wasn't he, when we, we first got him. And, you know, he improved really quickly and, uh, you know, leaps and bounds, wasn't it, with George? And like um, Dan was saying there, yeah, he's he's probably... Him and Craig, Copjack are the two first... First choice props every week for me, definitely. Um, yeah, he's a strong runner and he works hard in defence. Got a bit of pace as well, George Griffin. And um, no, for me, George is one of those players that you know, if we do have a good season, he's he's the kind of guy that could be pushing for internationals. You know, getting into that that England squad. You know, in the training squad. And uh, you know, why not? Because he's he's a he's a very good player. George he's, can offload the ball as well. He's a, he's mobile, as I said. And uh, I'm expecting big things from him again this season. Yeah, another two big players in that pack: Ben Murnham Masala and Wellaraki both currently injured, Dan. You know, you think they're going to be a big miss for us, uh, you know, in the early season. Uh, but I'm sure when they come back fit, you know, it's going to be like two new signings in a way. Yeah, yeah, and I just hope obviously they, they can come back sooner than, than than later because they are two big big units, you know, aren't they? That are a big set of lads, and you know, you, you need them in in that middle, you know, part of the field, and you know. Just their ability with the ball, you know, the, the running that they've got and the power they've got behind them, yeah, you know, we, we will miss them. But having said that, we have got lads that can step up and, you know, I'm sure that won't be 
be an issue. And, you know, when the, those boys are ready to come back, you know, Ian Watson can evaluate where the team is at that time and, and see where we go. Yeah, talking about players that step up and put a shift in. Mark Flanagan, and you know, every week he puts in a massive performance. Who can forget his, his million-pound ball uh, against Hull? KR, obviously, it's not a great memory for you, but it was for us. But, you know, he's a fantastic <laughs> player. Uh, but, you know, he puts it in week in, week out, and, and that's all teams need a player like that, don't they, to make them successful? They do. And, you know, to be fair to Salford, you've got them throughout the spine of the team. Flashes, as you say, he always puts the stint in. And we've just been talking about Craig Kopchak. For me, probably one of the best props in the game. You know, uh, an international captain for Wales, um, you know, heading off to a World Cup at the end of this year. But Flash, along with, you know, a few others, is the sort of player that every coach wants to have one of those in his armoury. Somebody who can fling the ball about, but do it with accuracy and pace. And really, and his ability to read the game and see where that ball needs to be. And as you say, yes, the heartbreak for me of the million-pound game. But, you know, it is what it is. Salford are in Super League and Hull KR aren't. Hopefully, um, hopefully they'll be there again next season. Hopefully for you. Anyway. Well, I, I, I can only hope. I can only <laughs> hope. Uh, next one we're going to talk about is Ryan Lannan, Paul. You know, he's a youngster coming through. Uh, he showed glimpses, and he, you know, last couple of seasons of, of potential, and I'm sure you know we're going on for another one this season. Yeah, he's a very talented player, Ryan Lannan. He's got a good pair of feet on him and a good step. Remember that try he scored against Wigan last season. You know, he's he's progressed, hasn't he? And he looks sharp in the, in the friendly games, and I'm sure Ryan will, will be in that side there. I mean, whether we're going to play him in the back row or whether Ian sees him as a loose forward in, in, the, in the coming years, he's definitely one, one for the future. I still think he's a bit inexperienced, isn't he? He's, he's showed a few times, but he's, he's very talented. He's got a lot of talent in Ryan and big bloke as well. He can work in defence and I'm sure he's going to get his, his shot this season. Yeah, brothers Adam Warren and Jordan Warren, Dan, uh, both you know regulars in the squad for Salford and you know we're hoping that this year they can kick on and, and you know make a big name for themselves. Yeah, you know, I, I think they will. The pair of them, you know, they are... Good, strong-running players that we, we, we have got. Uh, you know, they're, they're going to go quite well. And, you know, another year uh, in, in Super League and, you know, playing against the big boys, it'll only benefit them too as well. So, the next player we're going to talk about is Oli Krunicki. Paul, he puts a shift in every time he gets put on the field. And, you know, he's the kind of player like Mike Flanagan that puts the work in week in, week out. And he's, he's an ideal squad player for us. Yeah, you still can't say his name, Rob. No, I'll keep trying. <laughs> You've been practising as well, haven't you? We've, we've been yeah. practising with him, haven't we? And he still gets it wrong. <laughs> yeah, Every but week. yeah, just going back to him, yeah, he's um, he's another lad who, who works really hard all the time. And he's, um, he's got a good pair of feet on him. And he's a good offloader of the ball as well. He's an exciting forward. And, uh, you know, as Andy said before, we need these sort of players in, in the side. And I think we've got that that pack of ours. It's not not the biggest in the, in the world, is it? But there's a lot of mobile players in there, and and Olsen Krasnicki is one of them. Yeah, another player who's looking for a big 2017. Andy is Chris Brinning, come from York. He's in, he's shown a lot of good promise in the early games in the preseason. He has, yeah. And I think Ian Watson will do well to keep his powder dry with Chris. Um, yes, he's ready to make the step up, and he looks comfortable in the side. Um, I just wonder whether, you know, he's going to be commanding a regular starting berth from the start of the season onwards. I think a little bit like um, Theo when he went to uh, St. Helens. 
I think Chris could be one that, you know, he needs to be drip-fed into the big league. And, you know, just start him on the bench, give him 20 minutes here, 15 minutes there, and slowly introduce him into the into the rigours of playing Super League Rugby League. Yeah, and the person who's experienced in that is Lee Mossop, Paul. Signing from us, new signing, big lad, six foot two, you know, big powerful forward, and he's gonna, you know, hopefully make a big impact for us in 2017. Yeah, he's looked good. I thought he looked good in the friendlies. He is a big lad as well. When you see him, he looks more than six foot two as well, and uh, he takes some stop in him and he's experienced as well. And if you look at his his playing record, he's played well over a hundred top flight games, and he's he's had a spell in Australia as well with Parramatta. So uh, you know he's got all that big game experience. He's played in big games for Wigan and you know cup finals and things like that. So uh, you know if he can bring that to some of our young players as well, I think looking at the side, there's a lot of that experience in the team. You know, Mark Flanagan, he, he played and won in the grand final, didn't he, for St Helens? So uh, so we've got that experience now, haven't we? And um, you know, I think that'll stand us in good stead. And Lee, Lee Mossop, I think, so. if we can keep him fit, I know he's, he's, he's struggled with injuries in the last couple of seasons, but if we can keep him fit, I think it'll be a good signing. Yeah, we've got some good youth players in, in the side as well. Daniel Murray's come from Warrington. Uh, Dan, you know, we spoke to him on the podcast and he's, he's really, really focused on making 2017 his. Yeah, he is. And, you know, he's, he's a good prospect, isn't he? You know, I know uh, a lot of the uh, the journalisms that have come out have said, you know, that he's he's sort of got the Chris, the Chris Hill mould about him. You know, he's he's good with the ball going forward. He's not afraid to, you know, put his head in places where some people won't even, you know, bother to look at. And, you know, I think he's going to be a, a good player. Again, I, you know, I, I think along the lines of what Andy said about, you know, Chris Bryan, and I think bringing Daniel in in certain areas, you know, giving little spells just to get him used to uh, stepping up into, into Super League and, you know, again, you know, drip feed him into the side and see how he goes. Yeah, Matty Wilkinson and Liam Bent end the squad. Uh, Andy, you know, the kids in the squad, the young players, you know, they're going to learn off the likes of Flanagan, aren't they, and Dobson, and it's all going to make them better for the future. Oh, of course they are. Of course they are. And, you know, it's it's great to see youth being given a chance where it's the right time. And, you know, all of... We, we all want to see a healthy Super League, and we all want to see... British players and British players who do well and Salford have got their fair share of those players and I can, I, as I say I can only think of good things for this season going forward for the team yeah, we, and we, the, we, club as, the club as a whole Yeah, we, we threw it out there on Twitter you know, what the fans were, you know, were looking forward to the most what players you know, they were looking forward to uh, Nathan Archer said Wellen, he's going to be a little dark horse he's going to smash it um, Paul, we've seen it through the uh, the preseason. You know, he's put in some good performances, and I'm, you know, quite confident he's going to continue that. Yeah, he's a quality player. Like we were saying before um, about his try record last season for Bradford. Yeah, we know that was in the first division. But if you look at his try record for Hulkingston Rovers, um, that was brilliant as well. And he always impressed me. I remember when he first came through at Hulkingston. You know, he's quite a distinct character, isn't he, with his ginger hair and that. And I remember watching him thinking, blimey, he's a really good player, really good finisher. And as I said before, he's an out-and-out centre and he knows where his winger is. Reminds me a bit of Michael Shenton at, um, at Castleford. You know, really quality old-school centre. And uh, I was really chuffed when we signed him. I think he's he'll be one of the one of the fans of the season. I think he'll, he'll go really well. Yeah, Paul Fernbrough, Chris Brinning. Uh, he's looking forward to seeing him playing Carney if he gets his visa. Graham Jones, uh, Brinning, Lamatazzi. Um, John May Mayer, uh, Carney and Brinning, uh, Chris Olfer, Todd Carney for sure, 
a lot of players getting excited about the Todd Carney uh, signing. Uh, Andy, you know, hopefully, you know, he'll deliver, deliver some special moments in a red shirt for us. Well, yeah, I mean, as we're, we're sitting here recording this now and we still don't know the outcome of that visa application. But um, we all know that the government takes its sweet time over these things and better that they get it right and he ends up here in time. I would hope for the Leeds game, you know, once he's got a chance to uh, settle into the patterns and learn some of the plays that Ian Watson's got done. Uh, Watto has said on a couple of occasions that they've been sending him stuff over to do and his bags are packed. He's been training and doing everything that the club have asked of him so that when he does get over here, he's fully fit and ready to go. And I, I think that, again, could he be the final key, uh, the final piece of the jigsaw on that? I don't know. But I think certainly he will add an extra dimension, provided the club can keep him fit and on the back pages and not the front pages of the press. Yeah, talking about the jigsaw, Chairman Bob's looking forward to all the players clicking against Wigan and, and the 2017 season. Charlie Millward, Lamatazzi. Uh, but Murray looks uh, good as well. Um, James Hodgkinson, all of them roll on Saturday, Paul. And, you know, everyone's quite excited about Saturday and, you know, I'm hoping for a big performance. Yeah, certainly. I'm, I'm really excited. I've been excited every week, you know, counting down the days, to be honest with you. And I think it's special. I think if we were playing Wakefield at home on Saturday, no disrespect to them or Huddersfield or something, it wouldn't be, be quite as special. But to be playing the champions at home on a Saturday afternoon, I think it doesn't get any bigger than that for me. I think it's, it's brilliant and... You know, just just can't wait to get going now, and you know it's just going to be one one of those days where I want to get down there nice and early and just soak up the atmosphere because I think it's going to be great on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, and obviously we've had a few more Graham Hussey and Adam Wild and Chris Asker all looking forward to to Todd Carney and uh, see what he brings into the red shirt. So we've obviously had to talk about each individual player there, and uh, you know you've put your big statement out saying you think Salford's going to finish fifth in in the Super League this season. Obviously, you know, we've got a good talent squad there. Um, is that why you're thinking we're, we're finishing that eye up? Partly, but I also think that, as we discussed earlier, the, the fact that the spine of last year's squad is still there, the additions that have been made, uh, such as Chris Brining, uh, Lee Mossop, Lamatazi, have only added quality. And Stolford will put the frighteners on one or two of the top four and fifth is certainly more than achievable for this squad. When you bear in mind that last year they should have finished sixth, fifth is fifth would be a one-place improvement in my book. Paul, are you on the same bus as Andy? Salford for fifth? Um, yeah, uh, I don't know really. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really like making predictions. I love what Andy's saying to me there, and he's selling it to me, but... Um, I don't know. I'm selling, it, more... selling it to you, he sold it to me. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, he has. He sold it to me. I'm really, ex- <laughs> I'm really excited there now. But I think I'm becoming a bit more cautious as I get older. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd be happy with it to finish in the top eight, fifth, anything above that would be fantastic. But I don't know. We'll just wait and see. I think I think it's hard to say. I mean, I've been watching stuff all week. You know, people giving predictions out and things like this. I watched the Sky one today. And they predicted us to finish uh, bottom with Wakefield. So. People are coming up with all sorts of different things, aren't they? But it's going to be very difficult to predict. But I can't sit on the fence, so I'll, I'll, I'll say seventh. I'll go for seventh. Dan, are you, are you driving this bus with Andy, yeah? Um, yeah, I'll probably drive it. Yeah, I'll, I'll drive it there. But, you know, why not go for first? Why not? 
Why not go for it? <laughs> no, you know, to be honest with you, boys, I think anything inside the top eight, I'll be more than happy with, you know, as long as we are nowhere near, you know, the, the bottom four, that million pound game, as long as we can cement ourselves in that top eight, I'll take any position from eight to first. Yeah, I, I think, you know, we've got enough talent in the squad to, to make a big impression. Last year, you know, without the points deduction, we'd been safely. Was it sixth in, in the in the Super League? So yeah, it would have been sixth. Yeah, yeah. So we've we've got you know the experience of, of winning games to get us in the, in that position. Um, for me, it can it's all about you know sort of re, redesigning history because obviously Salford have, have never really achieved a, a top eight consistently. Um, so you have to start somewhere by by you know getting in there and the first season. So hopefully, you know, this season will be the season. We've we've signed some good some good players who are going to come in and you know, make the difference, hopefully, Andy, and uh, we'll all be celebrating a, a top-eight finish. Well, let's hope so. Um, I, I really would like nothing better than, you know, come October to be looking upwards instead of downwards. Yeah, that's what it is, I suppose. It's all about your ambition, like you said, with, with Huddersfield before, you know, where their signings have come from. It doesn't show much ambition, but, you know, with what we're doing, you know, in the community as well, and, you know, the players are all seem you know, up for it and really want to be committed. And I'm sure, Paul, you know, 2017, it could be red, like Andy said. Yeah, it could be. There's no there's no reason why it couldn't be, Rob. I mean, like Andy was saying there, last, last season, you know, we, we would have we would have been in the top eight, wouldn't we, without that, that six-point deduction. I think the big word for me is consistency. I think you've got to be consistent. You've got to win your home games. If you can win the vast majority of your home games, um, I think you make the top eight. I think maybe 22, 24 points will get you in that top eight. You might even get you a bit higher than that. To me, if you can take points off Witness, you can take points off Lee, take points off Wakefield, take points off Huddersfield, those sort of sides around, if you can beat them consistently and nick the odd win here or there as well, you'll get in that top eight. But you can't be going to, like last season, we had a few disappointments, didn't we? You know, going to Wakefield and getting beaten grounds like that. And if we'd have won those games, even with that six-point deduction, we could have made the top eight. So I think consistency and you know being consistent at home, I think that should should see us right. Like Paul said, Dan, winning your own games is important. And if we make the AJ, AJ Bella Fortress, you know that's gonna you know put us in good stead for 2017. Yeah, it will do. And you know your home games are the most important, aren't they? Because you've got that home advantage, you've got the crowd behind you. Uh, you know, sneak a few away wins. You know, if we can get away wins at the likes of Lee. You know, Huddersfield, Witness, all the teams that are going to be sort of down that area and we can surprise a few. Uh, as Andy said in the top four, then, you know, I don't see why why not. You know, let's let's go for it. Yeah, so that was the end of our 2017 preview. Big thanks for Andy Riley coming on and talking all things Sofra Devils with us. No problem. Cheers, we'll have you on the show later on in the season. Oh, yeah, yeah, if you'll have me back. Andy Riley managed to talk to Marwan Kukash about the upcoming season and this is what he had to say. Nice quiet off-season for a change. Yeah, there's no dramas. It's nice to see all the dramas elsewhere. And uh, we're just uh, getting on with our business and uh, getting ready for the season. Yeah. Some interesting new signings as well for yourselves. Yeah, we've got, I mean, uh, I don't know whether you've seen uh, our two friendlies, but people like Chris Brenning, you know, he's been outstanding. Uh, Limasov has been great. Um, Lamatasi, you know, he's got some, he, he needs to prove a point and he's coming back and he's stronger than when he was with us here. Chris Wallam is another uh, guy, you know, who's, who's, you know, whom we should have signed 12 months earlier and we nearly signed 12 months earlier. So, uh, so it's um, it, it, they were good signings, and obviously we've got Todd Carney now as well, 
So, yeah, we're quite happy with what we've got. You're finding it a little bit easier taking a back seat and letting Ian Blees do Yeah, it, it's a great, mate, and I'm, uh, like I said, um, uh, you know, all what I want to do is uh, to enjoy my rugby this year and uh, I let um, Ian Blees and Ian Watson do the business on and off the field. So that was a great interview from Andy Riley talking to uh, Marwan Kukash, Paul. You know, when he's, he's looking for a, a season of no dramas uh, in 2017. I think we all are, Rob, aren't we? <laughs> I don't want any dramas at all. I mean, the, the drama last season on the pitch was enough, wasn't it, with the, the, the climax of the million-pound game. So I think if we can get things right off the field, I think that's going to breed success on the pitch as well. Um, and it, especially it's going to get supporters believing in it. I, th- I don't think you can attract supporters, new supporters to a club when off the field stuff's um, you know, there's, there's like crisis and things like that. So we just want to keep it steady on off the field, and I think it'll keep it steady on the pitch. Yeah, and he's happy with the new signings as well. Uh, you know, he's he's looking forward to taking a back seat and letting Watto and Blees run the show. Yeah, it's, that's quite right. I mean, those two have got plenty of knowledge, haven't they? You, Ian Watson and Ian Blees have been around the game a long time now. They know what they're doing, um, and I'm sure we'll be fine. We've got a lot of um, got a lot of old heads in there as well. We've got Gareth Carvel on the coaching staff, out in Martin Gleeson, Willie Poaching's coming as well now. So there's, they, they, those guys know the rugby side, don't they? So if Marwan leaves them to it, I'm sure they'll be fine. Definitely. When we Definitely. finish fifth, Andy, we'll have you back. <laughs> <laughs> so as we let Andy go, what we'll do now, we'll get ready and start talking about the Wigan game on Saturday. It's time for the So, big game against Wigan Warriors on Saturday, quarter past one, kick-off at the AJ Bell Stadium, Paul. You know, when it's the first game of the season, everyone's excited and, you know, it's massively important that, that Soap are putting a good performance uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I think it is. We've got a tough start to the season, Rob, haven't we? We've got the Wigan game, Huddersfield away, Leeds away, two away games on the spin, and then we've got Warrington at home, so we've got four really big games there. Um, and I'm not really one for predictions and that. Um, just want us to, to give it our, our all in, in these four, first four matches and I think starting against Wigan at home, it's, it's a dream game for me, I think. And I think, it's like Andy Riley was saying before, it, something I've been thinking about as well, you know, Wigan have got a massive game against um, Cronulla in the World Club Challenge, haven't they, next week? I know they're professional, like Andy said, and they're not going to have a, you know, take their eye off the ball. But, you know, teams do, don't they? And I think to play Wigan in that first game there, I mean, if you look at the pre-season, they've not had the best pre-season, have they? They've lost a few games. I mean, they got stuffed at lead, didn't they? Um, so, I, and they just look at the way we've played against Hull, that that game to me give the, the team a bit of confidence, and I think we've got we've got a chance in this game. I really do. Yeah, there's some good good quality in that Wigan side. Ex Red Man Freezy knows where the line is. Uh, you've got yeah. Burgess, you've got Williams. You know Farrell is a bit of a workhorse for them. You know, and they're a team there packed full of talent, and you know the boys are gonna have to be hundred percent, you know, committed, hundred percent on top of the farm to to get a result on Saturday. Yeah, they certainly are. I think I think Manfred is still out injured, so we won't have him to put up with. But um, but Joe Burgess is back. Um, we're Wigan as well. It's the punch out wide for me. They've got so much pace all over the pitch. You've got Anthony Gill in there, Oliver Gildart, two really good centres in the team, and Bateman as well. I mean, how good is that, John Bateman? He's a cracking player, and uh, you know pace as well. They've got pace in the forwards. Uh, Farrell Lee and Farrell. Good running back rower out wide. If they move that ball quick, they could kill us with pace. So hopefully we, we can we, we can combat that. Um, and the size of their pack as well. That's the worrying thing for me. The injuries we we seem to have sustained in our in our back row. Whether we can stand up to Wigan's big pack. 
Um, we've got players on there who can cause them problems, though, definitely. You know, Michael Dobson's in good form, leading us around the pitch. Everybody's going to have to play to their best, I think, on Saturday for us, for us to get a result. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm sure they can. Yeah, obviously, looking at that Wigan side, uh, you know, Sam Tompkins struggled with injury last year on coming back to Wigan, but, you know, it's it's this season he could make a, a big splash in 2017. He could do, yeah, he could do. I'm not so sure. I don't I don't know. He, he doesn't seem the same player, does he, since he's, he's come back from, from Auckland. Um, but Tommy Lulai's a good signing for him. Tommy Lulai's a good player. I'm sure he's going to replace. I mean, Matty Smith's a big loss for them, isn't he? But Tommy Lulai's coming. Um, the thing is with Wigan, though, they always seem to have sort of a conveyor belt of, of young players coming through don't they every season they seem to bring players in and, and they go on to be to be stars in the team and I'm sure they've got players waiting in the wings I was reading about um, Steve Ganson's son he's on the Wigan books now I can't remember his first name but he's a hooker an up and coming hooker in the team um, so uh, watch out for him this season you know Michael McClorum as well is out injured at the moment I'm sure he'll be back soon as well so you know they've got some, some talented players and like I said there's probably some players waiting there to come in as well yeah I suppose Wigan they have a conveyor belt of class players don't they Paul and you know even the the older players if they're getting old you know they've got the ability to bring these kids in and, and, and you know set the world rugby league alight in a way yeah and they've got if you look, go around the Wigan area look at the the amateur sides in that area it's a hot bed of the game isn't it um, you know there's, there's so much much talent in the Wigan and Lee sort of area St Helens area and uh, yeah, they they do. They seem to just keep producing players, don't they? And they they've got a big squad, Wigan as well, and big side, big pack. And uh, I think they're going to be there or thereabouts at the at the end of the season. I'm quite sure they'll be in that top that top two or three. Do you think Ian Watson's got his his team set up? Do you think he knows in his head what what the starting seventeen is going to be? I'd say so. I'd say he's got he's got the team sort of settled in his, in his head now. Obviously, he's, he's probably had a bit of an headache, can't he? Losing. Ben Murdoch, Masilla, Josh Jones, well, Iraqi, as we've mentioned, um, they are a bit of a hole in the side. But I'm sure he's got he's got players there that he can move in. We've got, as you said, we, our front row's pretty settled with Copjack and Griffin, isn't it? Um, we seem a bit, to me, we've got a lot of props in the team. I was When I was looking at the forwards the other day, we seem to be sort of overmanned with props, really. We're a bit light in, in the back row for me. But um, I'm sure Ian's got it sorted now. I would have thought he, he, he's got it settled. And hopefully we'll find out tomorrow, as we were saying before, about Todd Carney and this visa. But um, I think Ian will have his, have his starting 13 side now. Go on then, what's your score prediction for the uh, first game? Well, I thought you were going to ask for a starting 13 then. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad you didn't ask me that one. Um, <laughs> uh, my heart saying one thing and my head saying another thing, Rob. But, as you know, as you know, last season I never back against Salford nope. so I'm going to go with us and with the omen of it being 21 years since the 96 cup win to the day I'm going to go I think it was 26-16 that day if my memory serves me right so I'll go 26-16 to Salford well I'm I'm thinking games like this you know if you are to win it will put you in you know good stead for the rest of the season Wigan at home you know the game you kind of target if you want to you know, finishing that top eight, obviously to win your own games, and it would put everyone, um, you know, in a good a good place early doors in the season. You know, we've got enough quality in that squad to really test Wigan, especially with, uh, you know, Cronella coming up for them. Um, we've got enough quality there to do a lot of damage, I think. So I'm going to go Salford 16, Wigan 8. I think we'll keep them to one score. Tight game. Yeah. I think it'll be tight. I think, obviously, you know, Wigan will be obviously looking towards Cronilla. Um even like you said professional players are professional but they're always make sure they don't get injured for the big game so 
we'll have to see. Hopefully, you know, the boys will be up for it and they'll they'll catch uh, Wigan uh, cold on uh, on Saturday at quarter past one and uh, we'll come away with a with a two points, pal. Definitely, they've got a lot of firepower, Wigan. So if we can keep them to eight points, I mean, I'll be doing cartwheels around the stadium. I think. I like your optimism, Rob, and I think we can do it. I do. I, I firmly believe that we can do it, and I think it'd be fantastic. I think if we can get a big crowd there, like we're expecting one, aren't we? I think it'll put everybody in such a... Such, I think it'd be such a good shot in the arm for the club if we could beat the champions at home and then take that momentum into the Huddersfield game on the Thursday. And That's what it's all about, I think. There's 23 rounds. It's a short season before the split, and if you can get off to a good start... You know, like like Witness did last season. I mean, they got off to a fantastic start, and then they was really poor after that. But that fantastic start kept them out of the bottom four, didn't it? So, um, you know, if we can we can do that this season, I think we, you know that that top eight is more than achievable. Yeah, quarter past one kick off on Saturday. Get yourselves down there, uh, and let's uh, roll the boys on to a, a first season victory against Wigan Warriors. So that was the end of the podcast, Paul. Really enjoyed this podcast load going on. I have really enjoyed it, Rob, and I am. I'm like a kid at Christmas. I just can't wait for, for Saturday. I've been talking to my dad all week, saying, what time are we going to get down there? we we'll get down there for about half eleven. You know, even it would been an early kickoff. So, yeah, really, really excited and uh, be nice to see everybody again on on uh, on Saturday and it all starts again, mate. Yeah, big big thanks to Andy Riley from Keys News coming on the show and, and talking all things uh, Red Devils. He's a uh, you know, very knowledgeable rugby league fan and journalist and uh, only bad thing is an OKR fan, but we gave him plenty of stick, didn't we? Yeah, we did. But yeah, he's he's done a lot of good work for Salford, and a lot of good writing as well. You know, for the for the various media outlets that he works for, and he always talks us up. And he's a very nice fellow as well. So uh, thanks a lot, Andy. Yeah, big thanks for coming on this week's Devil in Detail podcast, Paul. Another great show. Really enjoyed it. Hopefully, the boys will be uh, celebrating a victory uh, on Saturday night after beating Wigan. So that's the end of this podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in Detail, SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at DITD, SRD. And you can find us on Twitter, SoundCloud, and iTunes. So that's it. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast, and we'll, uh, we'll see you next week.